this is Kyle Juszczyk, and you're listening to Nothing But Niners. This is Charles Haley. You're listening to Nothing But Niners. So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field, and Garrison Hurst takes advantage of it. He takes the handle, hits the right, gets to the 20. He's at the 30. Needs to cut in. He comes back up the right sideline. Flexes our tackle. Comes down to the 30. He's out of the 20. He's out of the 10. He's out of the 5. He's out of the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown. 96 yards on from scrimmage. Garrison Hurst breaking tackle after tackle. Swings down the sideline. Faithfuls, it's your boy Mike from the Nothing But Niners crew, and guys, we are back. This is going to be a fun show. We're going to talk about some 49ers practice stuff. We're going to talk about some pressers. I'm going to ask Tony some embarrassing questions and things like that. It's going to be a lot of fun today. And by the way, if you guys don't know, there's a preseason game on that we might want to pay attention to all at the same time. Right now, the Seahawks and the uh, Chicago Bears are taking off against each other, and uh, it's halftime right now, but we play against one team twice this season. We play against the other one week one. It could be a game you guys may want to pay attention to. Throw that bad boy on in the background. I'm sure we'll have it on on our sides over here as well. And we're going to have a lot of fun. Now, guys, this is your first time here on this channel. I want to tell you guys who we are. We are Nothing But Niners, where we discuss everything about the Niners and a little bit more. So maybe we should change the name. Should we change the name, Tony? Should it not be Nothing But Niners? Should it be like most things Niners? Like, what, what would you do? <laughs> Most things just keep it the way it is, man. Just keep it the way it is, ladies and gentlemen. Our resident GM Tony, give him a round of applause, guys. My guy Tony is in the building. What's going on, man? What's going on, folks? My guy Tony, man. Long time no see. What you talking about, baby? How you been, man? What's going on with you, dude? We love hitting those buttons, man. We had a good game. Turn the down from how you yeah, been, man? What's going on with you? I feel like I haven't seen you in 72 years, man. 72. But, yeah, I'm doing good. Um, you know, just working. Um, yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I didn't get to jump on the overreaction show or anything else since the game. We didn't but, do uh, Oh, you didn't do one? Didn't miss it, buddy. I did my overreaction with the guys at the Hive. I went on with uh, Zach over there, and that's where I did my overreaction. I, I behaved myself. I want to do it with my brothers. You know what I'm saying? Some things. That's our best show. Our overreaction show is our best show. And uh, I, I let it be because I couldn't get my guys on with me. So I wanted to wait. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot to talk about. I'm sure you have something, you know, planned for tonight's show. But, um, yeah. yeah, we're going to get into it, talk about a couple things. And, um, 
that's pretty much it. I'm tired. Shout I'm sorry. Out. It's my wife's birthday today, so I can't believe you're up now instead of being upstairs. Now you are you are a brave man. Let me tell you. So if, just, I, if I was, we went out with her. I, I said, "Listen, we're gonna go out. We're gonna go out to dinner to, to your favorite restaurant." And um, she chose to go with her cousin and, and his girlfriend. And yeah, we had fun, stuff like that. My son is a little, uh, I don't know. I don't think he's sick, but he's like in a snuggle mode. So he wants oh. to hang out with her. So they're upstairs oh. now. He's probably sleeping and she's probably passed out too. So, Well, that's good, man. Happy birthday to Mrs. GM, Tony. And yeah. uh, I hope you enjoyed her day. Um, and let her know that her boy Mike, in case she was awake, was ready to take a sip with her tonight. All right, I was ready. I don't. I haven't had one of these. You know what this is, Tony? No. This is this is my old go-to, man. I haven't had one of these in a long time because the sugar. Was it power? Yes, sir. I haven't had one in so long, man. I, I got one just for Kim, man. Oh, she's. You, yeah, you should text her and say, Mike said, "Come get it, do a tequila shot on camera." She had enough tonight. Yeah, I know. I can only imagine, man. All right, so guys, man, let's go through these formalities really quick, and then we're going to get down to the meat and potatoes of the show, all right? Now, I'm going to apologize before we start all the way. I am outside. If you guys hear crickets in the background, don't be alarmed. I'm not under attack by any bugs. I am in a protected shield. This is the best thing, right? When we first started doing this thing, I was outside of my old house, and I was out outside just me in the wilderness, lights behind me and bugs just attacking to worry about that anymore i got mosquito netting all around me i got a 14 foot roof over here like this is this is great this this little canopy that i'm in is phenomenal not to worry about any of that kind of stuff happening plus the lights over there it's not behind me it's not shining in my face like it's over there so this is all working out all right this is your first time here on the youtube page guys and you enjoy the show please give us a thumbs up also consider subscribing and if you do subscribe turn on those notifications uh you're gonna know exactly we're bringing you guys videos Tonight's video did not have a heads up on it, so it's important that you guys have those notifications on. Shout out to the 70 people already in here right now. That means they got their notification set. That's 70 people that have their notification set. Now, that sounds good, right? But there's over 12,000 of you guys. There should be a lot more people in here if they don't have those notifications set. So it's very important that you turn those things on so you know exactly where we're going live. We have some social media platforms, Twitter and Snapchat. Those handles are nothing but nine. E-R-S, all right? The number nine is in there. You see at the bottom of the screen. If you look down there, you'll see it also, all right, with the next to the little Twitter bird underneath Coach Tony there, underneath uh, GM Tony. Uh, and speaking of, we have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch, and those are all nothing but Niners, okay? It's spelled out there. Again, those are under me, all right? They're between me and Tony, all right? They're right down there, uh, nothing but Niners, spelled all the way out. We have a Patreon page, guys. I did a surprise Patreon show today where I went live and then made it to the exclusive tier. So it was a little uh, teaser for those of you who are on the bottom tier or whatever. Maybe, just maybe, if you guys enjoyed the show, you might want to bump it up a time or two just to see what you guys get. Weekly shows over there on each tier, guaranteed. So make sure you guys are over there, okay? And then we also have our email, nb9ers at nothingbutniners.com. Make sure you guys shoot us some emails over there, questions, comments, concerns, reviews of the shows, suggestions for the shows, okay? We take them all over there. Thank you guys so much for your long-time support and consideration. We do long shows here. I, you guys have devoted so many hours to us. I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. So thank you guys very much 
Um, Tony, man, it's time. It's time. All right. So we're going to talk about the, the latest rumors uh, and updates about the 49ers. What have you been hearing about camp, Tony? I mean, the, the, the joint practices are going on. Has anything that you've read on Twitter, anything that someone called you and talked to you about, has anything stood out for you? I'm going to give you the floor first. I've been hearing stuff about the uh, defense and the secondary struggling in the uh, inter-squad practices with um, Minnesota. The interior offensive line's not getting pushed or giving trade time to throw. Um, just like that, that type of stuff. Um, they, it seems they do – a lot of seven on sevens in these camps. So with the seven on sevens, I mean, of course he's going to be accurate. He's not under pressure. He just waits for the route to open and he just lets it rip. And um, it goes for both sides. And I think that's why I think um, uh, Jefferson was having such a successful day versus defensive backs, not to mention our starters. Both of our starters did not participate with uh, Travis Ford and um, Mosley. But when there's no rush and the quarterback could just sit there and pat the ball and they could just let it rip, of course the wide receiver eventually will get open. Um, but that's some of the things, like, you know, the, the negatives, I guess you could say. But the positives, Nick Bosa is unstoppable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I think I'm, I'm going to go back to the negatives really quick. Start with that secondary there. Um, although the secondary doesn't seem to be holding their own, especially the way that we heard about how they were doing against our offense, um, the, one of the good things I can say is that we did get some good news about uh, Tiamador Lenore. Yeah, that he he actually was playing pretty well out there, outside, not inside. Uh, Tony, are you one of those people that think that Tiamador Lenore should actually be playing nickel? Um, covering the slot? No. Mm. I think they are really, really happy with Womack. And I think the kid from UCLA, Knight, I, I forgot his first name, the undrafted free Quantrez Knight. I think they're really high on him as well. And I think that is what made the Nard expendable. Because um, it, it's kind of – their way of building their 53, right? Um, they're what they invested into it, financial ends of it. There's so many ways, different variants that go into this when they make this 53. Um, listen, could the, I mean, all credit to Denard. Denard was on the couch. Denard is cold and said, We need you for a playoff run. They prepped his ass in less than a week. And he went out and competed versus the Rams and played pretty damn well. So, you know, now I guess they're going with the new way of um, constructing the 53, where if I guess you could kind of say is, yes, you do this, but what else do you do? Right? Denard was mainly an inside slot guy. Is Denard going to play special teams? We don't know. Can Denard give you something outside? We don't know. Maybe not. So you're talking about two guys, Womack, who could give you something outside and something inside as well as special teams. So it's positionless football. 
and, and that's what this how this roster is going to be structured because of all the versatility that it has, and as well as um, uh, the finances of this roster. This team needs to be very frugal on how they pick who makes this 53, especially from the financial end of it. Okay. All right. I like it, man. I like it. And so, you know, it makes sense, right? It's not going to be a lot of space for one-trick ponies here, especially if you aren't, like, the best at that position on the team. You know what I'm saying? So I completely understand why the Niners made the move that they made. Uh, and plus, he's a veteran who proved himself. You know, and there might be another team out there that could use him. You want to tip your hat to those guys. Uh, you heard nothing but positive things about him after he was released. Um, the the de- the defensive uh, coordinator, um, D'Amico Ryans, came straight out and said, you know, he was not just a good player for us. He was a good mentor. He took yeah. those guys under his wing. He helped coach those guys up for us. And, you know, that was something that he appreciated as well. So I liked hearing everything I heard about that young man. Um, now let's talk about, uh, the positive you said, oh, no, 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 there was another negative. You said the interior of the offensive line. Yeah, that I heard. I mean, listen, I, I can't see this with my own eyes, right? You see a 20-second clip of the video, and that's it. And it's, it's, it's from a significant difference, so you really can't even tell who it is as far as who's on Minnesota that the 49ers are going against and stuff like that. But, I mean, from an evaluation standpoint – if you're there, you see it better. Yeah. From sitting in the car trying to watch it on a little screen this big, you're kind of like, all right, who's that? Is it's it's glitchy and stuff like that. But I mean, listen, the, the Minnesota has a great defensive line. The, it's not as good as ours. I mean, you have two studs in the middle with Tomlinson and, and Phillips, and then they brought in Zadarius Smith and um, Daniel Hunter. They drafted the kid Patrick Jones from uh, Pittsburgh. So they added pieces to improve the play of their defensive line. So I'm expecting the 49ers to have a little bit of a rough time. Um, you know, they have their top tackle, in their opinion, in Darashaw, and Nick Bosa was throwing him around like a rag doll. Like he was nothing. You know, you have the 49er fans tweeting and making their comments saying the 49ers look good, and then there's the Minnesota fans saying, oh, the Minnesotas are, are beating the shit out of the 49ers. So you're kind of sitting there like this, this. No, I want to see from my own eyes. I will make my own speculation, and I will tell you my opinion. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like you're getting both sides of the story, and you don't know which way to believe or anything as far as that. This is what happens. If I'm out there and I'm covering the Niners, this is how I see things. You catch my reference here? Nice glasses. No, it, it's with rose cut. Like I'm, I'm seeing it in red and gold glasses. This is how I'm seeing things. No, no, I'm saying nice glasses. I'm, I'm, I am looking through the lenses of Niners colors. I want to see the positivity in the Niners and the way the Vikings fans are doing it. Just kidding, guys. I don't have purple. Yeah, I'll say I'm, I'm signing off. You have Minnesota Viking glasses, bro. <laughs> I don't have any Viking glasses over here, but that's how they're doing it. Also, you know, and the, and usually the truth is somewhere in between. The truth is somewhere in between. Uh, so it's just a matter of episode title, which side are you on? It really comes down to that. You know, how you view things. Are you a positive person or you're a negative person? There are, there are people who watch the 49ers uh, with an, in a negative light. They want to see the negative. They want to see this team not do well. It's, it's the I told you sowers and all that consider themselves fans, but don't think 
Kyle is the guy to, to get us there. Don't like John Lynch. You don't think he's a good GM. They don't like Trey Lance. You know, like there are people in this fan base who are fans of the team, will watch every game, but they'll be negative and super critical of every move this team makes. Those people exist. Those people are out there. So we have to acknowledge all sides of it, you know, but which side are you on? Okay. That's, that's, that's the thing. And that's going to be a, a focus of tonight's episode. And got, we're probably not, we're not going for two hours. I, I can't, I can't do that shit tonight. I'm sorry. We're not, this is not going to be a two hour episode. Uh, I am watching this is um, they're showing Justin Fields. Is this, are these like replays? Is that what's, is that what's happening yeah. right now? Because uh, a Seattle player just cramped up and he fell down. Oh, so they're just they're just uh, taking some time. Okay, I was gonna say there's no way this dude is out there still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what uh, I'm saying? Um, but yeah, so you know it is what it is. Now, you did talk about some positives, and let's let's focus on that for a second. Actually, before we do that, my apologies. Interior line. Who are you most concerned with on the interior? Or or give me a, is it the center or is it the guards? Or is there like a certain side, like the center and the right guard or center and left guard? What is it that concerns you the most about the uh, the interior of the offensive line? I mean, I, I don't know, Mike, because when I watched this team versus the Green Bay Packers, I thought they played pretty solid for the first time playing together as a universe in other competition. Granted, okay. they didn't face the ones of the Packers, but still, you saw the push, you saw the continuity. They were all gelling, getting downfield, working in unison as a unit. And that's what you want to see. Um, so again, I'm looking on Twitter on a little screen. I can't really see it. So I'm really going to dial in when they play. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be live with you guys because I got to work Saturday night, but when the replay, I'm going to get in and I'm going to watch it. Cause I want to see how they, it, I want to see if they took another step in their progression and playing together as a unit. Now, listen, you got to understand something. Yes. Jake Brendel is probably the bottom third of the NFL and ranking of centers um, two right, uh, two guards that are unproven and inexperienced. Yes, but they're only going to get better. And once Kyle starts game planning and start, you know, moving the pocket, making it easier for them and, and, and doing things like to take the full brunt of just like consistently just lining up and pass blocking or just going downhill and moving them. They're going to have a tough time because, listen, they're inexperienced. they got to get the experience, and they got to gel. Now, Teradome, I just caught out of the corner of my eye, I said something about the right tackle position. And i got to be honest with you. I'm a little bit worried about the right tackle position with Mike McGlinchey. And I know, like, you know, you we, we spoke about this in our, our group chat, but in my experience of, like, watching football, playing football, coaching football, and, you know, with the Niners and stuff, like, watching this team – Anytime you have inflammation under after a surgery like that, there's something not right. Inflammation in the knee after a major injury, that screams red flag to me. Perfect example, Jeff Wilson Jr. He was never right again after he had that surgery. Why? Because he experienced inflammation. D4, inflammation with the back, inflammation with the neck. Like there was, oh, you don't want to hear like the inflammation part of it. Now, if you flip it, if you flip it to Bosa, you never heard a peep about inflammation with Nick Bosa's injury. Of any type of inflammation, setbacks, swelling, nothing. I think they're gonna have a problem with McGlinchey. I hope I'm wrong because if that's the case, 
My opinion, we'll get into it later, but there's going to be a significant shift on that offensive line. But go ahead. Well, I will say this. You said Jeff Wilson was never the same. I'm here and he's back and looking better than ever. No, I'm saying last year from the surgery. Oh, oh, immediately following. Okay, not not two years. Okay, I I, my apologies. I I I um, but I'm gonna say this. It's not a shot at you, but I hope you're wrong about McGlinchey again. You were one of the people saying Mike is a significant significant injury. He might not be ready this year. Like his career could be in so. Knock on wood, and thank God you were wrong about that part. Hopefully, you're still wrong about this inflammation thing. Uh, was he back out at practice today, not participating in the live thing, but was he doing anything on the side, or was he still held off? From what I saw, the only perp- the only people that were injured that were in gear, it was Mosley, Armstead. I think that was it. Hmm. Interesting. Very, very interesting. All right, now I do want to talk about some of the positives that we've heard from camp. And uh, I want to dispel some, like, not dispel some rumors and all, but it's just some things that I just, I'm not I'm not as high up on as other people are, all right? But the first thing is Nick Bosa. Can Nick Bosa be an all-pro this year, Tony? I think so because he has, he has help around him. He wasn't an all-pro last year, right? He didn't get any any votes for comeback player or anything like that. So it seems like the league is kind of overlooking this guy a little bit, and I don't quite understand it. I don't get it. So my question to you is not just we, – we know the potential. We know how he could play. But for a guy to get no winks, no nods at Pro Bowl – I mean at all, uh, all pro teams, how good does Bosa have to be this year to make them see him and – do you think it's possible to happen this year? Um, I don't know what more he has to do. I mean, I thought he was dominant as shit last year, in my opinion, and especially in the latter part and as they went into the playoffs. He, he became like a, a one-man wrecking crew, and, and that's the way he plays. And I, I don't think it's fair. I think he got one vote. If I remember correctly, for an all pro, like how do you just do one vote? Like I don't. There's something behind it, but I'll I'll keep it real with you. I think he's better than his brother. I really do. That's I think uh... he's, I think I think Miles Garrett is ahead of him as a pass rusher. But I think if you're you want to, if if you're asking me to give you one defensive end, one all around defensive end. A, that could set the edge, play the run, B, get after the passer, um, and, and his polish and, and, and his style of play, his commitment to excellence and to become the best player he possibly could, I'm giving you Nick Bosa. And I'll and, that, and that's taking this hat off. Right. Because you show me somebody else that's better than him. All around. Not just – and, again, I'm not saying he's a pass rusher. I'm saying as an all-around defensive end. Mm-hmm. So it's like what makes George Kittle the best tight end overall in the NFL, right? Yeah. Pass catching and route running, you probably give the nod to Travis Kelsey, but blocking, you know, his versatility and all that, then the nod goes to George Kittle. So what you're saying is look at Bosa as an overall complete player. Yeah, the whole picture. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. All right. I like that. I like it a lot, man. George Kittle. I mean, George Kittle. Uh, Nick Bosa has been getting disrespected a little bit. Uh, but, like, if you had to put together a stat line for him to make the league see it, and now don't give me something crazy like 40 sacks. Like, I I don't want anything like that. Like, don't don't go crazy. Give me something that's realistic, but something that can also make the league say, you know what? We can't deny it. This kid's an all-pro. If he's between 15 and 17 sacks in the regular season, not including the playoffs, he hands down. And tackle for last year. I think he finished with 15 throughout in the playoffs. Mm. I think. I don't remember what's on my head. But uh, if, I'll look it up. It's cool. If if he if he gives you that, and, and, and like again, like watch this guy play the run. Yeah. You ever see Nick Bosa play the run? It's it's like the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. For a defensive yeah. end, he's that he's that good of an NFL football player. I'm sorry. He had and nine he, throughout the regular season, so you're right. He had nine. Yeah. What do you finish with with the playoffs? I think he got like five in the playoffs. Uh, I could give give me one second here. All right, here we go. Postseason. Boy, that snap count. All right, here we go. Postseason game log 2021. Playoff, he finished with another four sacks. So I took him up to 13. He gets between 15 and 17 in a regular season. He's got to be. And and listen, Mike, that's facing double teams. Mm -hmm. That's the scary part. You add a a Kamiko Torre. You add a, 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 a Dre Jackson. You add a, you know, who else? You got Hydra back. You have Kinlaw. You have Armstead. You have all these pieces. And uh, Omenihu, man, you can't double team him every play. Yeah. And then he also finished the season, uh, regular season, 21 tackles for loss. That's re- That goes to tell you what you're talking about, the, the, the ability to play the run. You know? That's incredible. And then in the in the postseason, he had another two tackles for loss. So that's that's really really good. Thirty two yeah, quarterback good. hits, thirty two quarterback hits that didn't result in sacks. Like this kid lives in the backfield. He lives back there, man. This is, and, this and that's another thing. Someone in the chat just said it, but we improved our secondary. Right. Well, that's not playing soft team. coverage anymore, and they're getting the ball out. Yeah, exactly. But on paper, I'm saying on paper we improved this. We upgraded this roster. This defense from 2021 to 2022, significantly. We have the best linebacking core in the NFL. I do believe the loss of DJ Jones was big, but they were smart. They went out immediately and brought in Ridgeway, the defensive tackle. Then they drafted uh, Drake. They drafted – they signed uh, Ture. So they restocked the cover, right? Oh, shit. Yo, I looked at the wrong thing. I am so sorry. He had 15 and a half sacks in the regular season. I was. You guys are absolutely correct. I looked in the wrong column. He had 15 and a half sacks last year in the regular season, and four in the postseason. I'm sorry, guys. So he finished with 19 and a half sacks. He's yeah. got to get. I guess so he's 15. Get, 15 don't get it done, bro. 15 don't get it done. But I don't understand how it doesn't get it done for him. If you combine his sacks and his tackle for losses, mm-hmm. how do you overlook that? Yeah, 32. That takes him up to 47 and a half tackles. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 21. 
Yeah, 21. So that takes him up to 36 and a half tackles behind the line of scrimmage. And then add, and add 32 quarterback hits to that as well. That's insane. And the didn't, get a single vote, didn't get a single vote for a comeback player of the year. Who won it, though? Someone with a significant injury won it, right? I'm not mad at who won it, but what I'm saying is, it is yeah, but it was how don't you get one vote? That's that's nuts, man. That's absolutely nuts. We got a uh, super chat here. I want to get to here. Uh, Jaguayo, our guy, Jaguayo56 says, looking back, draft was really good. Good prospects. Tony, let's let's have a moment of honesty here, man. What did we honestly think about this draft class as it was happening live? I liked it. I like it. I like. I think this draft class from top, but don't include the undrafted free agents. No, from top to bottom, in this group, I think this could be one of the most impactful draft class in in contributing wise, right, for this administration. For this regime. Yeah. Do you realize all you're hearing is the contribution from these rookies? Mm-hmm. And I'm not – I'm going to include the undrafted ones in this – for this – just this reason, right? I'm telling you right now, Poe might make this roster. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, so get ready for it. I wouldn't be mad at that. I liked him a lot. I liked him. Right, so let, let's let and, and and let me mind you. Let's just point something out here. They have a first round pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're Absolutely talking right. about you're get you're, you're getting contributions from Jackson, the second pick, mm-hmm. the third pick, Price, Danny Gray. You see what he's doing? What I said he was going to do? He was on our draft board. Danny Gray was, and I think. Price was on our draft board. I was. I don't know if Drake Jackson was on our draft board. I think he was actually. He was. Yeah, Drake Jackson our was on our top draft three board. guys on our draft board. We're all taking by the Four ers All contributing. All positive reports. Then you throw in Spencer Burford, who's now starting at right guard, and pending on McGlinchey, could become the right tackle, in my opinion. Okay, so that's four. Your first four picks are on the field playing. Who was after um, Burford? Womack. Womack. Your starting nickel corner. Your top five picks. <laughs> okay. Now, who's after Womack? I think it was – was it Castro Fields? Castro Fields, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Uh, so, in order, in order, you had Drake Jackson. Then you had Ty Davis-Price. Then you had Danny Gray. Then you had Spencer Burford, Samuel Womack. Oh, Nick Zakel. Okay. That, that's that's one that I don't think is going to make it. Go ahead. Okay, and then it was Kalia Davis. He's red shirt. Then it was uh, Tariq Castrofield, and then He's Brock Purdy. Okay, so two of the guys, Zakel, three of the guys, Zakel. Well, Davis is going to be red shirt. Zakel and Castrofields are question marks. Right. And then you have Brock Purdy. So you have you have a potential. Uh, backup in Brock Purdy. He wasn't brought in to be a starter. It's not why he was drafted, mm-hmm. right? You have Zakel, 
They'll give them time to learn. They'll stash them. You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. what they're going to do. That's what they did with Aaron Banks. And, you know, like this is what they do with their linemen. They give them another year, right? Kalia Davis, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll see what happens, right? This kid's very mm-hmm. athletic. He's uh, got a lot of positive things, but we'll have to see what happens with him. Womack, like you said, you're starting nickel. Spencer Burford, starting guard. Danny Gray, wide receiver four. Maybe. Mm. Mm. Ty Davis Price. He's gonna be a situation. He's gonna be situational wide receiver. Oh, Dan, uh, Danny Gray. Yeah. Can Ty uh, Davis Price contribute this to draft class, this draft class? Is what's gonna keep this team's Super Bowl window open. You want to know why? Because you we just rattled off five guys that are contributing on rookie contracts that they have salary control for four years. And not only that, and not and not only that, they don't most of them don't have to be starters. No. This, this is a part of a healthy rotation. You look mm-hmm. at our number two, our second overall uh second round pick. He doesn't have to be a starter. That pressure's not there. And each one of these guys, the ones who are going to be starting, the ones who are going to be part of the rotation, are only going to get better as time goes on. Mm-hmm. Danny Gray, I know he's getting a lot of praise and everything right now. There's this clip that went out with uh, him and Brandon Ayuk ran the same exact route. I believe it was by uh, Brad. I believe it was Brad, right? I think Brad was the one who spoke and everyone's like, oh, man, they're making light work of the of the Vikings players. That was not a good route, in my opinion. That was not a good route by Danny Gray. He ran up. He curled instead of, like, a, a crisp cut. He, did, he didn't do one of these and these. Ayuk ran up. He faked one way and then cut back. Completely lost his guy. Ten yards of separation like that. When, when Danny Gray ran it, he ran up and just went around. But where he benefited was – he waited until his receiver turned the head the opposite direction, and then he cut. So he did get three yards of separation there. But can we he, play that or no? Yes, I can play that. I can play it. Play uh, that I want you to see something. Who? Who? What? Where do we see that? I sent it to you. You should be writing your email, your your text message. You text. You texted to me. It wasn't the group. It wasn't in the group. No, I texted. All right. So let me let me go to our text thread here. Hold on. Uh, I got to find out which one it was here. Oh, that's not it. That was our homegirl. Okay, I found it. It was our SF49ers. My my apologies. No disrespect. We will play it right here real quick. All right, boom. Let me send it in here. And then I can click it on the camera. All right, guys, here we go. Let's do a little bit of screen sharing now. All right. Uh, pull that up. And let's get this uh, super chat off. We got a couple more super chats to get to. We will get to them. We promise you guys. Share screen. Tab. Tweet. There it is. All right. Now that was Ayuk. This is Gray. He just rounds it out. Nowhere near the separate. He's got to get better at that. Watch how Ayuk does this. Fakes outside, uh, back inside. Look at that. Look at the separation there. 
and then watch how Danny Gray does it. Just round it out. But look, look how far they're playing off of him because of the speed. But okay, see, and even that I can't credit him with because Ayuk said it, and both in this clip, he, he said they were all playing seven to nine yards off. He said our guys play aggressive; they play press. These guys all play off. He's, they, that's been documented by multiple receivers throughout this uh, the joint practice sessions. So that's insane. That's ones though. I that, that's I hate one on ones. It's pointless. It favors the wide receiver the whole time. Yeah, of course. It, you can do as many stop and goes and uh uh as you want. You know what I'm saying? I hate one on ones. I just like how you see you see his watch his speed. He does round it, but then he pulls away. You see how he goes back a little bit. It, it's like he he. Ayuk is gonna be. Oh, Ayuk just Ayuk spun him. He was straight dry. I I I said now this is I'm no expert here. I'm not I'm not Tony. Tony watches this stuff way more in depth than I do. I'm not Eric Crocker. The one thing that I credited, the one thing I credited Gray for was as soon as that receiver, uh, the DB turned his head for the spin, that's when he made his cut. It was almost like he waited for the DB to turn his head. See, Ayuk made this guy stutter step and go, right? Catches the ball near the 15-yard line. Watch how Gray does it. As soon as this DB turns his head, out. He waited for that exact moment, and then he did it. So I like that. Was there anything else you wanted to see or say about this while it's on? No, right. no, we pretty much said it. I don't want to be the you know better horse, but you know he, he's young. He didn't play in a oh, strict shit. offense at Louisiana Tech. I forgot to take the thing down. You forgot to tell me to take the. Did it show up well on the screen? Yeah, no, you saw it. Oh, okay. I forgot to take the. You got to remind me next time. I got to get that in my head. Uh, but yeah, so go ahead. You were saying something about him. He wasn't at Louisiana Tech. What fucking school was he at? Who's Damn, I, SMU. He's oh, at SMU. Oh, great. great, yeah. So, I mean, he didn't play in such a strict offense like he's playing right now for Kyle. But my biggest thing is you see how he's reading, right? He's reading the defender, and once he took his eyes off, the defender took his eyes off him, he made his play. And, right. and at least he's picking things up. So that tells me he's only going to progress, right? He's still raw, I'll admit it. But guess what? You you send him on a go route, there's not a lot of guys that are gonna run with him. I'm telling you right now. Oh, for sure. Running. No, the go route, that's that's in my opinion, that's why Kyle bought him here. Now yeah. let's get more out of him. Now let's get more out of him. Kyle doesn't like just speed guys, so, so there has to be something else that he likes. All right. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm anxious to see what that is. That's what I want to see. I want to see this kid unleashed. Um, Duchess says. Uh, what's the realest vision? How well, how we'll do with Trey this season? Over under eleven games. I think we're right at the eleven game mark. I was gonna say I wish he put a half in here to make yeah. us pick the over under because eleven I, is a solid. Oh, if you did eleven and a half, I would go under. Um, because I think we're at the 11, 10, 11 win game win there. And guys, listen. And, and this is what it, it's hard to explain if you're just the average fan that just cheers for the 49ers and don't really understand the game of football. And I'm not knocking anybody, but 
if you truly understand, like, you know, scheming and coaching and, and using the scheme to, to, to get the best from what you have or to mask deficiencies of what you have in important positions, Kyle Shanahan's the guy to do that. And, and, and that's why the way they built this team, they surround, they built this team from the outside and they built it in. So by me saying that is they got their receivers, they got their linemen, they got their tight end, they got their backs, they got their fullback. And the majority of these guys were drafted. And mm-hmm. the, some of these guys were signed as free agents and a couple guys were traded for. But they built this team and they used a half-assed quarterback to get him to this point. And now this whole team gelled and developed and, and progressed. And now they inserted the piece that's going to take them to the future. So the pressure is not on Trey Lance, in my opinion. I think the pressure is on Kyle Shanahan to put him in position to win games and make plays and be successful in the league. Do I think it's going to be easier doing it with Trey rather than Jimmy? 100%. And that's why they gave up what they did to get this kid because of what he offers you as the quarterback, right? Everyone yeah. keeps talking up to your face. Well, he only threw 380 passes since high school. Well, he went to North Dakota State. I don't give a shit where he went. It's how the kid's wired. It's what he was taught at North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. It's how he performed in an efficient offense at North Dakota State, who, by the way, produced three NFL quarterbacks, but still don't get credit. And the way they coach their program, they're being coached better to translate to the NFL than the majority of these top five super programs. Right. Imagine imagine if RG3 – oh, this is going to be bad. Well, no, because he was at Baylor. Imagine if he was coached by those guys – you know what I'm saying? Getting ready for the pro level. Kyle wouldn't and would have had to probably go out there and say, hey, can we get another quarterback? You know what I'm saying? This guy was out there in the spread offense just, you know, gunning. That's it. You know what I'm saying? That was a knock on RG3 coming out. It was he's not pro ready, you know, and over there at North Dakota State, that's what they do. They get See, those guys ready for it. L- let me ask you one question, and we'll move on from this. I don't want to bring up the game again, but – from what you've seen or what you saw in that game from Trey Lance, what do you think was the best thing of him out of his, what, 20 snaps I think he took? As far as playing quarterback, I, I like his pocket presence. I, I like that he could feel pressure. I thought it was like a, a gimmick. That kid, when they're reaching for him from behind, it's like he knows. He dips that shoulder to get away from that, get, get away from that reach. And whether he steps up, and throws it incomplete. I don't care what happens after that. I like seeing him evade pressure in the pocket and not panic. That's what I like about him. He, exactly. he is so calm and level-headed in there. It's amazing to me for this I'm, to be his first year as a starter. I'm going to tell you what I think. What I saw from him, and I was like, that's all I need to see. It wasn't the throw down the field. It was impressive, that throw. I'll tell you straight up. It was a but game, his, first, his first drop back, he hit his final step. He hitched. He felt the pressure. Didn't see it. He felt it. Mm-hmm. He, two hands on the ball, slid up into the pocket, then flipped his hips with his eyes downfield in an attempt to make a throw, then took off. That's what so, you want to see. Right? That's you quarterback, see. baby. You don't want to see the guy drop back and, oh, the read's not there. I'm running. No, you don't want to see that. 
But by him doing that and by him putting that on the film, like Kyle put so much pressure on these teams just off that one – just off two plays in that game. The throw down the field and then that first play because now they still have to keep their eyes on him because they, they think now – He's going to step up in the pocket and take off. Here comes the linebackers. But, no, this kid has the ability to flip his hips and make a throw. Yeah. So you can't overcommit and leave everything open behind you. So now you're really going to get ahead of defensive coordinators. Yep. You know, how do we scheme up against this kid? We can't all-out blitz him. We can't do this. We can't do that. It showed to me he's not just a one-read guy. He's not. The one read wasn't there. He eludes the, the sack. And then, like you said, he reset his hips and continued to read the field. Yeah. And then went. Now you can't just say, you know, wherever he turns his head, lock that guy down, and he's going to take off, be ready to hit him, like you're saying. I, I like it, man. Well said, Tony. Well said. Um, Duchess, I'm going to take the over. I got to set 12 wins minimum right now. Uh, and losing five games is going to be rough. Trey Lance is going to have bad games. We have to not sit here and expect this guy to be perfect. We can't expect him to come in here and just 350 yards every time he goes out. He's not throwing for 5,200 yards this year. At least I don't think he is. I don't think he is. I think the run game is embedded in what we do here. It's going to be a major part of it. I think he will have impressive games. I wouldn't be surprised if he finished the season averaging about 272 yards a game. That's not bad when you when you break that down over 17. It's, it's actually pretty good. Uh, and that's what I'm looking to see. I want to see something like that. But there are going to be times where Trey Lance struggles. He is going to have a couple of games where he only throws 200 yards. 200 yards, a touchdown, and a pick or two. He's going to have his bumps. It's a matter of whether or not the rest of the team can lift him up. We've been carried by a very good run game, phenomenal playmakers, and, and one of the best defenses in the NFL. Now, you add a quarterback that can do a little bit more, we'll have to see what happens. And that's what I'm excited to see from being completely. Don't forget, he's what, 21 years old? 22? 22 Yep, just turned 22. He's 22 years old. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He can have a 15-year career, and he'll be 37, and still be productive. So technically, if you really want to be technical about it, the window – if, he, if Kyle has his way with him and they, he fully develops like they're all saying he will and he stays within this offense and Kyle keeps doing his thing and they have the success, they lock down the quarterback position for 15 years. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. They now, have to, He still has to play the game. He still has to transition to the field and put it on the field and have success. And like you said, I do think there will be ups and downs with, it, with, with Trey. And I also do think his – Eradicate throwing in the short range is because he wants to get the ball out and make a play. And I think he's firing it too hard and he's losing it. I'm going to be honest with you. I even think that's a bit overrated right now because from what we heard from the very first practice, he was 10 to 12. The two incompletions were hit the receiver's hands or one guy fell and the other one bounced off the receiver's hands. Right. Yeah. Um, I think Kyle knows exactly what this kid is comfortable with. Short plays, short passing game is a timing thing. It's not about reading the field and waiting for routes to develop. It's a timing thing for short routes, right? No mm-hmm. one's running a five-yard route that takes 37 seconds. You get what I'm saying? And so Kyle mm-hmm. knows that. And I said this on uh, 
I was on with the guy. I was on with Eric Crocker and BD uh, BD Peacock earlier on the uh, Locked On 49ers episode. And I said that to them, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that he was 10 of 12 with two errors by the receivers. Kyle knows what this kid is comfortable with in the short game, passing game. So that's going to make up 70% of the passes, right? And I'm not saying he's going to complete 100% of them, but that's going to make up the majority of the passing game. Then it's the element of the downfield stuff that's going to be sprinkled in there. And those are the lower percentage passes that are going to drastically drop his completion percentages. You know what I mean? So, Which, by the way, that's all they're showing. That's all they have been showing in practice, in camps, in the in, in camp and in, in the squad inner squad things with the Vikings. Every play he's been striking it downfield. Mm-hmm. 40 something to this one, 30 to that one. There's no more two yard pass and run. Kyle it's there. To, no, it is there, but okay. that's not your limit. Mm-hmm. Your limit is to go. Like now they have they have the weapons to attack, and they also have the ability now to pull it back and do what they did last year. But the threat of going down the field is all he's showing right now. Mm-hmm. And no no one. The Packers couldn't stop it. The Vikings couldn't stop it. Like, it's insane. But now, if you transition back to what our original concerns were, this was going on in 11-on-11 11 11 football. So how bad is the pressure really from the offensive line? Right. Right. No, I, I I understand what you're saying, man. So what? And this is why I hate we're desperate, but this is why I hate doing the Twitter shit because yeah, you're there. Uh, you know, Brad Graham's experience. He's a former football player at the collegiate level, very knowledgeable guy. But there's you know there other people's tweeting like even some beat reporters saying this, saying that, saying this. I need to see for my own self to see what truly is the problem. Is it truly there's pressure and they're just running by him and letting him complete the throw, which it is a possible. Yeah. But when they show Bosa going after uh, or Drake Jackson going after Kirk Cousins, his throws were piss poor when right. they went by him and tapped him. They didn't tackle him. They would tap him on the shoulder and the play was dead. Or show that they could touch him and then they pull up. You saw that with yeah. Bosa. There was a, a video, three plays in a row, where Bosa tackled for uh, sack, would-be sack, he runs to the quarterback, pulls his hands up. The play continues, but he pulls his hands up because I, I would have had you. Then they show the next play, tackle for loss, and they show the play after that, another would-be sack, he pulls his hands up. You know, so it's a good question, like, how is it really playing out? You know what I'm saying? So, And, again, we won't know until these guys are being more physical. You know, these are supposed to be, you know, you're not taking guys all the way to the ground and things like that. So, I mean, other than, you know, the real, the real time. So I, I completely understand what you're saying, man. Uh, J Dog Boston, man. One of my Tony, we had a call in show, and my man called it. Never mind, I ain't gonna get into it. But Max Crosby got all pro with nine sacks. What can you say? How do you uh, handle that? We're not gonna. Can I ask this question though? And this is just a question, and there's no right or wrong. Is the Vegas market bigger than the? Bay Bay Area market. I mean, like, you know, right? I know, I know. That's why I'm asking that question, and and it's a sincere. Question. I have no idea. Like, um, the NFC East, right? They get so much coverage because 
the the northeast is this big but it's highly populated everything is condensed we're all living on top of each other out here right so those those teams are covered by millions and millions of viewers in this small little box where you got a team like the colts it's not that many local you get what i'm saying we're talking thousands versus millions what's it like bay area compared to vegas does that have something to do with it you think no, because I think there's been there was multiple all pros from the Niners, weren't they? Well, I don't know about multiple. We had uh Debo. Trent. There was Trent. And Debo. I think those were, oh no no and Juice. Fred, I believe oh. Juice was all pro. Didn't Fred Warner get it too? Not last year, no. Nope. Fred Warner got it the year before when Aaron Rodgers was saying all pro Fred. Aaron Rodgers kind of put that in the air and he got it last the year before. Unless he was team two. And now I got to look it up. God damn it. Uh, 49ers All Pro 2021. Uh, Trent Williams and Debo Samuel named to NFL's 2021 All Pro team. Two 49ers were named to the first team All Pro. One is third year wide receiver Debo Samuel. The second is the team's nine time Pro Bowl offensive tackle Trent Williams. That was it. So it wasn't, it wasn't even juice. Does it say second team? Uh, let me click. Let me click the article and see. Uh, this marks the first time San Francisco notched multiple first team selections. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. Holy shit, bro! 2012. You know how many people we had make all pro team? Oh my god. Oh, was that the? Yeah, that was what? It was Willis, Bowman, School, uh, Justin Smith, Alden Smith. No. Not Justin. Justin Smith did not make it, but Alden Smith did. Who else? Andy Lee, Deshaun Golden, and Mikey Potter. Deshaun, Deshaun Golson made all pro? Yeah. Yeah. 2012. And then Tampa Bay sent the helicopter for him. <laughs> Good stuff there, man. Good stuff. Wow, what a callback. Yeah, so you know, J Dog, he's got a point though, man. Like, I, I don't know what it is. I don't I don't know what these, these voters see and things like that. And so, you know, when you leave things into the hands of humans and out, away from logic, I, I don't know. Um Jaguayo chimes back in here. O-line versus Packers was really disciplined. Great play. Uh, this is something that I was nervous about. The Packers have a respectable defensive line. Now, I don't know. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't watching to see who all their starters were and everything like that. Tony, what do you think about the offensive line against the Packers? In that in that preseason game, they looked pretty good. I, I said it early on, I was impressed the way they played. They played well as a unit together for the first time versus an opponent, um, other than themselves. I think they, I think, I think I like what I've seen, I've saw from Brendel. I like Burford. I am very concerned. I don't think Justin School makes this roster. Um, I think he, wow, he, wow. he's struggling. Justin School is struggling. And, you know, they have a guy that they just signed off the street as a free agent, and Jordan Mills, I think he has a legit shot to make this roster as a backup. I really do because he is playing for a guy right off the street just learning the system. From, again, what I'm reading, he's their best right tackle other than McGlinchey. Okay, and I'm telling you, I think I think we're going to be shocked when they do the final cuts of this roster. 
I think we're all going to be shocked the way they build this 53. I'm telling you, there's a lot of young talent that they gave a lot of money for to bring on this team. And they're, they're, you're going to, I'm telling you, you're going to be shocked, I think. Do you ever, are there ever um, inner squad scrimmages for in the same division? No. Never? I mean, well, no, they used to play them. That's why. But no, there's no inner squad division. No. I, at least I would, the Niners don't do it. I would love to see us practice against the Rams. I know that sounds like it's 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 a selfish take, right? But they're so close together, proximity wise. I mean, like it it would be the easiest thing to do. The travel is minimal for either team. Uh, I, I would just love to see it, and I think both teams would benefit greatly from it. I really, really do. That Rams offensive line has a lot of question marks on it right now. Our defensive line is really good. Our offensive line has a lot of question marks on it right now, and their defensive line is really good. The schemes are the schemes. So now it's it's less about the secondary because the scheme is the scheme, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would love to see how those lines, you know what I'm saying, after you know two or three practices with each other, forget the, forget the preseason game and all that. I would love to see how they work, but it, you're right. We're, ne- we're never going to see that, but that would be probably the best – bet for anybody i mean if you had to take take the niners out of it what team do you think has the best defensive line not counting the niners i think minnesota potential on paper could have a hell of a defensive line i like pittsburgh's defensive line pittsburgh's line is really good as well yeah i like that too um, i mean the rams have donald darnold but donald well i mean leonard floyd is Hit or miss, oh, and they I forgot they lost Miller. That's right. Never mind. Yes, Von Miller's not there. So, you know, how deep are they gonna what kind of depth do they have? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right, man. So never mind. I guess guess it wouldn't be as beneficial as I thought it was would be. All right, I'm not mad at that. What a catch. Did you see that catch? By Fuller? He went out of bounds, huh? I don't care. That was a phenomenal catch. Did you see? Oh, it's not a catch. He lost it. Oh, you're you're a little bit. I'm watching on my phone outside, so I, you know, I'm, I'm behind Watch everything. Watch the ball hit and shift. Catches. He's going down. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That ball came off the ground. But wow, phenomenal. A plus effort in the preseason, man. Yeah. I know he knocked the wind out of himself. Holy shit. <laughs> um. Did you see? I, I don't know how much of this game you saw. Mitch Trubisky, not Mitch Trubisky. Damn it, uh, Trevor Simeon. Mm-hmm. Is that the backup? This guy, it was a, a fourth down, third down play, should have been sacked, gets away, and I thought he was throwing that shit away. And the receiver came down with the ball, but the coach didn't challenge it. That play should be on Twitter because it was a phenomenal catch, and they just didn't challenge it. The the, the the receiver got up and said it was a catch, but they didn't challenge it. So uh, Jaguayo has one more here, and then we're going to get to the meat and potatoes of our episode here. Who was our center? Is Burford the real deal? So he's got two and one here, Tony. Um, I'm, I'm going to go first here. I'm comfortable with Jake Brindell. I really, really am. I Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I shouldn't feel this way, but who who do you uh, – and I'm not saying he's going to be our center because we don't have a better option. I like what I saw. I saw communication when he was out there with the starters. Um, I see they, they pass off really well. 
This team is working stunts phenomenally. I know that's more tackle guard thing, but they're working stunts phenomenally. The communication is great. You see the uh, the center pushing a guy one way. I got this way. You go that way. Like the the verbal communication prior to the snap, and then the the physical communication where they can't say things but they have to move. And they, they really seem to be in lockstep with each other from what I saw. What are, what's your thought on the center position? And then also, is Burford the real deal? I've been beating the um, Jake Brendel drum for uh, a long time, especially once I saw they jumped out in free agency immediately resigned him, like, quick. So that told me something. He was in this system for over a year. Uh, he did opt in about one year for COVID, which is understandable. It is what it is. But you have to remember something. Who took over as the offensive line coach last year? And that's Chris Forrester, who had Brendel in Miami. Um, so the Shanahan's have a lot of faith and confidence in Chris Forrester. So if Chris goes up to him and says, I feel comfortable with Brendel, they're going to believe him. Yes, you have J.C. Treader. Yes, you have Matt Paradis. But this team needs to make a decision. And they need to make a decision going forward and stop playing the center roulette game every year. And I think they solidified the center position for years to come. They're going with Brendel this year, and they're going to go with uh, Donovan West, I think, for the future. Oh, I like that name. Donovan West is very impressive from what I watched in that game in in, in the fourth quarter, communicating, passing off stunts, helping right, helping left, like you just said. Uh, control of the offensive line. These are all things, the reason why they gave him 100-plus thousand guaranteed. They wanted him. He is a little bit undersized, yes, but guess what? He's already the backup behind Brendel right now. And I know everyone is quick to say, well, it's because of Brunskill's injury. I think Brunskill's going to have a tough time making his roster this year. I really do. Because if the Niners wanted Brunskill, it wouldn't be a tender at first refusal. He would have been signed to an extension immediately and gone forward with him. Now, clearly, for the last two years, they continuously drafted interior offensive linemen. So that tells me that they are looking to upgrade across the board on the offensive line. Brunskill gone. Tomlinson gone. Income Burford. Income Brendel. Income Banks. This is your future going forward. Right. I think um, I think he hit his ceiling run skill. You're not going to get any better than what he is. He could relegate to a full backup to across the offensive line. He could possibly. Um, But, you know, I don't it depends on how they want to build this roster and the financial obligations that they have to take into consideration. Can I ask you this question? Good. Why only one year for Brindell? That's the one thing that bothered me. He's only 29 years old. Mm-hmm. They could have given him a two, three-year deal. They didn't have to just do one. I, I was so confused by that. So I know you said, and you were absolutely right, he was one of the first people they went out and, and gave that contract to, right? I'm with you. And that should have sent the sign up to me. But it was a one-year deal. Like, why why not a two-year deal and the second year be like some kind of option where we can get out of it? Is it, is it because they believe, hey, we're going to develop this center we're just going to move. We're going to draft a couple of guys that we think can play center. Poe and West. They didn't draft them, but they ended up picking them up. Is it because they thought 
we'll we'll see which one of these two guys does their thing, and that'll be our center of the future. I think it's more of because that's gutsy. That's gutsy. I think it's more. Of, I think it's a couple things, right? It's obviously the finances. That's number one. Number two, it's also going forward to twenty twenty three, right? Mm-hmm. They have a lot of free agents. They have right. a lot of decisions they need to make from the financial aspect of uh, the front office on how they want to construct the roster in 2023, construct it, and how they want to make the 53 in this upcoming season. Right. So I'm tired of taking of the, the lineman and making him a center. Oh, God, yes. That's something you can't do. You need a center to play the center position. And that's why yeah, I'm – good. Let me, let me be clear before you continue. I'm not mad at them trying it early on because if we can't keep seven, eight, nine offensive linemen, we got to have some versatility. You understand what I'm saying? So they kind of have to do that early on, but stop trying to make these guys permanent centers when they played only guard in college. You know what I'm saying? Like it's That's an experiment that's just not quite working for us. Let me ask you a question. If I had a gun to your head right now and say, Mike, I want an answer now. What position do you think Daniel Brunskill's best at? I'm going to Detroit dust your ass and pull it away from you and flip it on you. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I would say guard. You don't think he's better at tackle? No. I, I mean, think he, he's, he's been I, mediocre at all of them. Uh, you know, so that, that one year where Staley – I believe it was Staley and McGlinchey were hurt. I, I know there was a Cardinals game mixed in there. Yeah. He had his best game, and it was definitely at the tackle position. So let me be let me be clear here. So I get where you're going, but even when he went back to tackle, he wasn't good. He he wasn't good. I'm not even comfortable saying tackle anymore. I think he's best at tackle because of his his body, his style, and his height. I think those are things that he's more. His style, the way he plays, it's better suited for the tackle position than it is the guard because there's several right. times when he gets pushed back because he plays too high. But he has the athletic ability to play the tackle spot. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I get what you're saying there. I feel he's be- his value is a backup swing tackle. Now, here's where the trick comes in, where he possibly can't make this, where he won't make this roster, is if Jalen Moore is healthy, what they feel about Jalen Moore – if Mike Mulginchy's healthy, and what they truly feel about Poe. Because if they feel, honest to God, if they wave Poe and they can't get him back, I think you could see them move on from Brunscombe. Okay. All right. I do. I, I'm telling you right now, I think this roster, the when it comes to the 53, everyone's going to be floored. I don't think there's going to be that many surprises. I think the choices are pretty obvious right now. I think the only thing that I think is going to shock people is that we only keep five wide receivers instead of six. I'm being completely honest with you. Everyone's just saying six. And the, the, the messed up part about the six is we're just trying to grasp the straws at who's going to be the sixth guy. I don't think the Niners view it that way. If we don't have a clear guy that has to make this roster at six for the wide receiver, we'll cut everybody and hope that we can stash somebody on practice squad. I think this team keeps five. It's possible we keep three, three quarterbacks. If they like Brock Purdy as a long-term backup guy, I can see them holding on to this guy and saying, hey, we're only going to keep five. Why do we have to keep six? That's something that no one can answer 
straight up. I know that injuries happen and all that stuff, but you're going to have at least two wide receivers on your 16-man practice squad now, right? So you just bring one up if someone gets hurt. I just don't see it. I, I can see the final 53 being five wide receivers, and we either keep an extra offensive lineman or an extra quarterback. Just just how I see it right now, especially yeah. with a young Trey Lance in there, especially with a young Trey Lance. You don't know what's going to happen. I'm knocking on wood, metal, because I don't have any wood out here anywhere. But, you know, that that's just my thoughts on it. So, I don't know. Would you be surprised if they kept five wide receivers? No, especially now with Sermon banged up, Mitchell banged up. They're going to have to carry an extra body at the running back position. Exactly. And again, this is where the roster construction becomes very interesting with this team because now you're talking about positionless football, right? Yes, sir. I think potentially, the Niners could keep, instead of six wide receivers, they're going to have to keep an extra back. They're going to have to keep an extra tight end now because if something happens to Juice, I think Taylor uh, Tyler Croft becomes the backup fullback. Or – or I think they abandon that altogether if that, if that happens. Or if Poe mm-hmm. makes this roster – yeah. He has the ability. Guard center fullback. Guard center fullback tight end. That's a big ass tight end. Well, weight wise, but I'm saying blocking wise. Okay, okay. In line. Okay, I got you. Yes, Remember what they did with Trent Williams motioning him and then sending him in like on a block. This is where this is where it's gonna be very tricky. It's gonna be very, very tricky when they do this roster because yes. it's so deep and there's so much talent on it, they're really gonna have to be creative. And use people at multiple spots. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Callie says here, Mike, you see our guy Eric Davis at the Seattle game on Seattle sidelines. Someone else said in here, Eric Davis hanging out with uh, with Geno Smith. Where'd it go? Right here. Uh, and yeah, I did see it, guys. In fact, uh, we have a little picture here. Uh, people just have to remember that when Eric Davis was with the Niners, who was who was the coordinator? Uh, who? It was Pete Carroll. Was it Pete Carroll? Yes, he was under Pete Carroll. One hundred percent, he was under Pete Carroll. Are you sure? Yes, I am. Because Ray, are you, are you Ray, Ray Rhodes was the defensive coordinator at that Super Bowl team. Oh, it was the secondary coach. He was secondary coach. If he wasn't the coordinator, he was definitely the secondary coach. Pete Carroll was here when Eric Davis was here. One hundred percent. Are we? Are we? Are we doing this? Here we go. I like it. I like it. Here we go. Pete Carroll. Hold on. I'm trying to think of the year Pete Carroll was here. Hold on. I got, I got it. I'm pulling it up. You ready? I can tell you right now. You ready? Just tell me the year. Just tell me the year. Okay. 95 to 96. He was the 49ers defensive coordinator. No, because didn't Davis leave to go to Carolina? You ready? All right. Here we go. Now I'm going to type in Eric Davis. I think Eric Davis went to Carolina at the end of the 96 season. So I could be wrong. What the hell? This is a baseball player. Oh, football. Here we go. Eric he Davis with the with the 49ers from 90 to 95. Told you. And at so the end of the 96 years. He went at the end of the 95, 90. So you gotta remember when it says 95, he was here for 95 to 96. And yeah, then so he, he went, went after the 95 season. Yes. But Pete Carroll was only here for one year, right? Two. Pete Carroll was here for two years. He and who was, was 95 coach? and 96? Who was the coach? Uh, Mariucci. I want to say it was Mariucci. 
49ers, 95 coaching staff. Here we go. 1995 coaching staff. Kiefer, it was. Here we go. It was uh, uh, personnel, staff, staff. All right, here we go. Head coach was Seifert. Yeah. In 95, yeah. Let me see. It doesn't tell me 96. I can look at 96 if you want, but it was definitely Seifert, yeah. I was going to say Seifert, but you, you had me a little confused. So, all right, you made me second guess myself, but I was really confident in that. I, I, I remember uh, talking to Evie, and he was talking about Pete Carroll, and he's, he's going to get d- the best out of DBs. He got the best. This is how I knew it. He didn't say he got the best out of me. He said, got the best out of us. Da, 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 da. So I knew him and Pete were here at the same time. That's that's so I, I knew that's what it was. So all right, that's good. Uh, we got another picture here to discuss. Oh, uh, wait. So are you offended by this? Do you feel like ED has betrayed the red and gold? I mean, the podcast has stopped. I was I gonna say that. that. I was gonna say that. <laughs> There's no more Haylock and ED, bro. The Believe in 49ers podcast is, is scarce, man. Their last episode it's been was like, for a while. It's uh I think it was three weeks ago, was their last one? I could tell you now because I am a subscriber to their podcast. I support my guys, man. Friend of the show, obviously. Uh, and that, that would also explain a couple of things, if I'm being honest with you guys. But uh, where is it? That's locked on. That's 49ers talk. Oh, here we go. Their last episode was 27 days ago. We're going on four weeks. So, yeah. It sounds like they brought him in. Maybe he's just a consultant because I, I did look up their coaching staff. He is not listed anywhere on their coaching staff. Maybe they brought him in to consult. You know what I'm saying? But he's wow. wearing the colors. He's wearing the colors, man. And that's something that it's it surprised the freak out of me. It did. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not mad at it. You know, you got to go out there and do it. And he did say that he was thinking about coaching and getting back into it. And not back into it, but he was thinking about getting into coaching and all. He was like, I just don't know if I'm cut out for it. So uh, this is – I'm not mad at it. Not mad. Uh, but there is another picture from tonight's game that made its way around Twitter. Tony, what do you think about this sign? <laughs> Come on, man. Come on now. Nah. I want you to be real with me, Tony. Don't hold back either. Come on, bro. This guy, Jacob Eason, throws a better deep ball than Jimmy Garoppolo. Why the hell would they bring him in here? Because Jimmy would still be a better option than what they have on the roster right now. Come on, Tony. I know how you feel about Jimmy, but you got to be honest, bro. You got to be honest. Come on, man. But be honest. All right. Listen, let's be honest with ourselves, right? Let's be real. Let's be 100% honest. How much better? And when I say this question, I'm saying as a skill set of a quarterback, not protected by a coach. So throw that out the window. How much better of a quarterback skill set? No, no, no. That's not fair. Wait, 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 wait. You changed it up when you added skill set. You changed it up when you added skill set. When you say how much better of a quarterback is so-and-so versus skill set, those are two different things. Because Jimmy Garoppolo is head and shoulders above Locke and Smith. Skill set, those guys are more physically gifted. With Kyle Shanahan, he's head and shoulders better. We only know him in two systems. Kyle Shanahan... And Daniels, he was nowhere near as good as he was now in San Francisco in New England. That nowhere, he that's that's not true in New I'll England. Stand I'll stand by that. 
Oh, I wish I could prove this somehow. In New England, he was more decisive. The plays came out like that. It was only two real games. So it's it's hard for us to have this conversation because, all right, Jimmy's final or his first five games here where he went 5-0 and oh, and those two games there were very similar, very decisive. He would move around the pocket, laser the ball somewhere, complete a pass. That was the same Jimmy. We never saw that Jimmy again. Then it became more hesitation and da-da-da-da-da. Jimmy is more consistent than Geno Smith and Drew Locke, which makes him better because you know what you're getting at. Okay, so what, what you're trying to say in a proper way is that Jimmy wanted to get paid and then he shit the bed because that's exactly what happened. You're putting words in my mouth, man. That's not that's – not, that I don't it? think you – I don't I'll think he he's never been the same quarterback since he he's never been the same quarterback since he's gotten paid from that five and zero start. He, that's not he's never been the same quarterback since the injury. I agree with Dom's message here. The injury, so he got paid, he got injured, and he's never been the same. So both can be true here. Both can be true. Right. We're saying the same. We're using the we're using the same exact timeline, but it's what happened to make him be that way. Now that part we can't prove. Neither one of us can prove that. So your 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 statement is it was the money, he got paid and took and went in cruise control. My take is the injury made him hesitant. We don't know which one. Is I agree. Which. I, I agree. The injury had something to do with it because he was afraid every time he was always lifting his leg up that it would get stuck and and, and rolled. But you're talking about an injury that happened two years ago last year. There's no excuse. There, but there's an injury. Wait, that, there is an excuse. There's an no injury. Excuse. Hear me out, and then you okay. can disagree after, right? But an injury can change your mindset. Okay, Mike. Alex Smith had his leg snapped in half and had 14 surgeries. What's his excuse? Listen to me. Hold on, I'm waiting for the answer. Alex he, Smith, he almost lost his leg. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. He almost lost his life. I'll give you, I'll give you the, the answer. Alex Smith is wired different than Jimmy Garoppolo. There you go. There's nothing wrong with this, but both can still be true. But the injuries, I understand you're one from the ACL. I'll go with that. You're two. You're three. I get you going all over the place. Like that's unexcusable. Now add in. All of the conversation from the fans, add in all the conversation amongst the coaching staff. Every year after, you've seen your coaching staff try to move on. Two years in a row, Jimmy watched his coaching staff entertain every single possible quarterback. That's here. You can't you can't deny that, Tony. You so got a saying, job. So you're saying he's weak-minded. Fine, sure. I have no problem with that. He ain't my quarterback. I don't give a shit. You can call it, you can title it whatever you want. But what I'm saying is there was an injury and then there was a concerted effort to replace him every single year. And they finally trade up, they draft his replacement. Injury mindset, it's different. It is. If your job was trying to openly replace you for three years in a row, wouldn't you feel some type of way too? You would well, start checking out mentally. Here's the, here's the thing. Let's 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 keep it real. If he's if the team is looking to replace him, they're looking to replace him for a reason. Now he has one or two things: you quit, 
or you try to improve your game and work harder, which obviously he did not do, and he chose not to go that route. Now, let's talk about someone, and people are running off everybody in here, but I'm gonna show. I'm gonna give you a name, and I want you to sit here and honestly tell me. I got you. I'm not gonna. I ain't got no reason why. Who's your favorite player? Bryant fucking Young. Okay. So what's the excuse there? He's an There's a guy. Huh? He is an animal. Okay. So again, he's a monster. He is. He has determination. He had his family to provide for. Jimmy don't have that. But I understand. I understand the, the family part of it. But if you oh have guys, listen, if you have guys like Julian Edelman, Martellus Bennett, saying the same things about Jimmy Garoppolo in New England that has transpired in San Francisco. I got you. It's, you ready? Good. What's Jimmy's motivation to play good football? Wait, wait, what? What's his motivation to play? To play what? good football. To get paid? I don't know. What, That's to get paid? Point. Sure. Let's pick that. He don't have a family to provide for. He don't have a big brother saying, hey, this is what we do. It's our bloodline. It's in our name. Right? I saw someone in there say, Bosa had an injury. He came back. Just I get that. Tom Brady has it. An injury, he came back to Tom Brady had Super Bowls, he had a legacy to protect. What's Jimmy's motivation to play good football? And Vince says it right here. I disagree with that. He he's made money, he's getting girls. What what's his motivation? He has yet to win a Super Bowl with him as the starting quarterback of the team. You think he cares? That's I, I guess that's I guess that's the question. I obviously he doesn't. That's my point. So that means that he's not motivated by it. So but, you can't say the Super Bowl motivates him. Well, I'm speaking on my behalf. If I was in that position, everyone's goal that puts an NFL helmet or a uniform on, they want to win a championship. So obviously, Jimmy's about getting paid. And if that's the case, there's no room in San Francisco for him. And obviously, nobody around the league wants him. Well, we, we know Jimmy was about getting paid because Edelman came out and said it. Right, in that I am athlete podcast, Edelman said that Jimmy and his agent decided not to play that game last minute. That's why people were mad at him because they were looking to get a new contract. That's what they said. He was motivated by the money, he got the money. So, back, I guess this goes to your original point. Now, what he got the money, mm-hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo has made a hundred million dollars in the NFL already. And you know how long it took Tom Brady to make a hundred million dollars. You know how many Super Bowls Tom Brady had won before he got $100 million in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Two or three. And guess the what? Contracts weren't hitting like that. Jimmy Garoppolo can't even hold his jock strap. How about that? I, I completely agree. I'm not arguing how good or bad this kid is. I'm saying that there's no motivation there. There's no passion to play the game at the highest level anymore. And that's why they had were 100% right every year to look for a new quarterback. Because he... I didn't deny it. I didn't deny it. Now, you you combine all that stuff together, this kid's mentality is fragile. That's what I think. I do think that. You said, are you saying he's weak-minded? Sure. I said, you can say that. I'm, I'm with it. I'm absolutely with it. But injuries do play a, a part in how someone can perform. It's in the back of their mind. It makes them be hesitant, and it makes you worse. 
a big part of playing any sport, football, baseball, basketball, maybe not baseball, but you have to trust your instincts and go. You can't hesitate in football. You know that. I know you know that. You played. You coach. You can't hesitate, right? We talk, we heard from uh, Trey Sermon talking with uh, Dalvin Cook. Who was who was the? Yeah, he said he worked with Dalvin Cook in the offseason a little bit. Dalvin Cook said, "Hey, trust your eyes and go. Don't hesitate." Right? What did Kyle Shanahan say that he likes so much about Elijah Mitchell? He makes a decision and he commits to it 100%. You can't hesitate in this league. You'll get hurt and it's over. You can't do that. And Jimmy Garoppolo has been hurt every year since then. Every year since then. I don't think it's a coincidence, bro. I don't. So he's got to find the new motivation. He's got to find the new reason. He's got to find it. He's got to find his why. You know? He's got to find his why. That's what it is. Sean chimes in for the first time tonight. Alex Smith is married, unlike practice squad Jimmy. Practice squad, I don't know if PSJ means practice squad Jimmy. I'm just saying that. Didn't put the time necessary to grow. What's up with Cal Turd saying Niners aren't sold on Trey? He means Lance. Be blessed. Oh, there's a little backstory with um, Cal Turd and Lance, but we're not going to get into that. Well, is that the answer? Is that why he's saying the Niners aren't sold on him? I think so. I'll tell you guys why Cowherd is saying saying this. Cowherd and Silver are buddies. Silver has it out for Lance. Cowherd has it out for Lance for the reason Tony won't say, plus the fact that that's his buddy. And like I said on the Locked On episode tonight, it gets clicks. These guys are content creators first. Morals, they go out the window sometimes. If I say, if I know I'm going to say something and get 100,000 views, clicks, impressions, versus if I say, this kid has a lot of potential and I'm only going to get 20,000, I'm going to say the other one because my job is to drive interaction. That's his job. That's his job. We can hate it. We can love it. We can accept it. We can put up as big of a front as we want. But Cowherd has a responsibility to the network he is on, and that is to drive interaction, to raise viewership. And we're going to be honest here, much like with YouTube live streams, the live ain't where it is. It's the replay. I got to say something on this stream right now to make people say, yo, did you see when Mike said whatever, whatever, whatever? It happened at the hour and a half mark in this show called Which Side Are You On? Go check it out. And it drives the clicks. It drives the clicks. How many times have we ended the show, Tony, and we're at 900 views at the end of the show? We wake up the next morning, it's at 2.1K. Yeah. Because something was done, something was said to drive traffic back to the show. That's what their job is. Cowherd knows that negativity wins more. It raises more engagement, especially amongst the 49er fan base. We'll we'll retweet something positive. We're not going to talk about it all day long because the positive is how we all feel naturally. And when you sit here and say Kyle Shanahan's a bad a bad head coach, boom, those numbers go through the roof. Five hundred thousand impressions and, and, and interactions, just like that, you know. And then we come to war. We go to war for Kyle. Anytime Kyle's had a healthy quarterback, we get at least to the NFC Championship game. You can't say that Kyle's a bad coach. Look at what he's working with. Blah, 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 blah. We were decimated by injuries in 2020. We go off 
multiple times on the same tweet. We'll keep quote tweeting it, keep quote tweeting it. So if you didn't see it the first time I quote tweeted it, Tony, you'll see it the second time, maybe the third time. It's more interaction all day long. Negativity, unfortunately, is the way to go. There's some of your guys' favorite uh, Niners content creators that thrive off of that. I'm not going to throw any jabs at anybody, but that's that's it. All right, you ready to do this, man? We got a couple of things that we have to go over, and then we're going to go home. I, I said we weren't going to do a two-hour show, and we're getting damn close to it. So uh, there were some pressers that happened today. Which side are you on? Which side are you on? Brandon Ayuk did some stuff, and when I first watched him, I was pissed off. I couldn't believe he said some of the shit that he said at this podium tonight. Then I went back and watched him and said, eh, maybe I understand. Then I went on Twitter to find the reactions to it, and I was pissed off all over again. I don't know where I'm at right now, Tony. I'll be completely honest with you. I don't know where I'm at. So the first question that really bothered me was his thoughts on the joint practices. He says, it's a waste of time. Now, this is interesting because Kyle Shanahan said the joint practices mean more than the preseason game, means more than our practices. The joint practices are very valuable. And then you have Brandon Ayuk, this guy who's supposed to be taking all these steps forward, worked his way out of Kyle Shanahan's doghouse, coming out to the podium, very nonchalant, almost arrogant feeling, saying that shit was a waste of time. And then the beat writer that asked him the question says, yeah, it was basically boring. He was like, yeah, it was very boring. Very boring to me. Check it out. Uh, it was good work. It was good work, you know, going against somebody different in a different environment. But, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I didn't like it, too. I feel like it was a waste of time, personally, but. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was boring, for sure. <laughs> Joint practices. A waste of time? Boring? He later on went out to say, I touched the ball three times in two days. Tony, not can he, because obviously he can. Should he be saying this at the podium, Tony? For a guy who made all these steps in the right direction this entire offseason, how does he just do this freaking about face right now? Or maybe I'm overreacting. Help me out here. Oh, God. Sorry, I think he's speaking on a based off of a competitive mindset. Now you have to remember something. He started slow. He went to the doghouse, and then he blew up because he was heavily involved going towards the latter part of the season. And for him to come out and say, "Well, I only had three targets or catches." He said, "I only, I, I, I got the, I got the clip. If you want me to upload it, I got." Oh, it. Just, do you remember whether it was three targets or catches? I, I'm pretty sure he said I touched the ball three times in two days. Okay, so he had three, he had three touches. So, I mean, you like that and a play, a player wanting the ball, but how he's saying it, that's like, it's kind of like a non 49 er thing, right? All they talk about is the culture. Um, no one's better than anybody. No one's above anybody. Um, so I think that is slightly concerning by him saying that. But 
it seems like those inner squad games or those um, practices are dialed down this year. There's no like there's quick whistles like there's no no one's going to the ground. It, it doesn't seem like they used to be like remember like remember with Jimmy Ward getting physical with the, the Hopkins and stuff like that. Like th- those were physical. Now I don't know if there's a stipulation with the new collective bargaining agreement as far as like how far can you go in these practices. So because I was reading something on Twitter this morning that. If anybody throws a punch, they're done. They're out. Shanahan came straight up. He said, I talked to uh damn, I can't remember their head coach's name right now. O'Neal. Said, I think it's O'Connell. Oh, oh Kevin. Kevin O'Connell. Kevin. He said, I spoke with Kevin and uh we came to the agreement. If anyone throws a punch, they're out immediately. Both teams, that's our understanding going forward. And I can I have the clip. I got it right here. Can I play it before, before you continue? Or, well, actually, Finish your thought first, and then I'll play so you can hear it in context at three times. Thing. Yeah, I just kind of feel like the practices are slightly dying down than from past. That's that's just the way I feel. Like just by reading and observing, like the quick clips that people are showing that who are there. Um, so I do think they're dialed down, and they're not as competitive as a game. And I think. Ayuk and Debo and all these guys on this offense know what this team's able to do or it's going to be expected to do, and and they they want to get there. Because face it, I think we all spoke about this in previous years. For the starters, preseason is a waste. Mm-hmm. So you kind of understand where he's getting coming from, but it's kind of like how he said it that. Doesn't rub us the right way. Okay. All right. So here we go. I'm going to play it now. And then I want to get your thoughts on it. Okay. Shout out to my dog, Smitty, man, by the way. I might bring, I might bring Smitty in, Tony. I'm not going to keep you up much longer, but we're going to go through our stuff. And then maybe I'll bring Smitty in and ask him some 49ers fantasy football questions afterwards, unless you want to stay for that. But right now, let me play this. Okay. It says it towards the end of it. It's a 30 second clip. So you guys bear with us. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, it was. A, it was. I, I think it was more because it was a little bit of like day one stuff, the basic stuff. Just you know, I know I was getting a little irritated having only touched the ball like three times in the past two days. But that's beside the point. Anyways, uh, Kyle is he's he's getting. I think you know they always got their own um, agenda on what they're trying to get done and accomplish here. So we just take it to getting better every single rep and then figure that out later on. I'm not mad. I I don't think I'm mad. He he he's he's basically saying Kyle kept it simple, which I do think simple now compared to the way simple was with Jimmy are two different simples. They're attacking down the field. So again, him being a starter and who has a high role. On the uh, high expectancy for production on this offense, I can see why he's not getting involved. He's he's getting upset that he's not getting involved. But I kind of feel like there's nothing there. But the next clip you're going to show, that I don't like. Tony, I- before we even get to the next clip, bro, he 
in the in the same 30 second clip we just played he he said i understand that there's a bigger goal they have their own agenda there's certain things that the coaching staff wants to see and get out of the team but he was like but i only touched the ball three times the last two days and i, I was a little annoyed by it like if you know it's about the other 87 guys why are you making it about you 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 he made a conscious decision i was annoyed because of xyz but i know it's not about me like what so why say that part about you do you understand what i'm saying yeah i guess yeah i understand i understand what you're saying like you know this is what it is you know what's going on then why are you saying this right this was so dangerous for him to do right now in in a year that I think that this guy is gonna be the guy, I I, I was on the train last year saying Ayuk is gonna be wide receiver one. Didn't come to fruition. Now I will say the last seven games he was wide receiver one. We'll talk about that another time because Debo also had to be moved to running back at that time, right? But he was wide receiver one for the last half of the season. But you've done so much work, and you're out here saying. I understand this is what Kyle wants to do, but yeah, what about me? If I'm going to blast Debo for being selfish about certain things, I got to give it to this guy also, even though he's my favorite wide receiver on the team right now. I can't just let that go. And then, now we're going to transition to the next video, you shit on your own teammates. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But he shit on two guys in less than 20 seconds. You really? You you Okay. Yeah, Fred, you know, we all know Fred. Great guy. They asked him, what do you think about Fred Warner? Now, this question is a loaded question because this is who he went out to attack after Fred hit uh, – God damn, I can't remember the other receiver's name right now. Fred hit someone. They got hurt. B.A. goes, and they go Johnson. blow. Johnson. Yes. Marcus yes. Johnson. I think it was. Marcus Johnson, yes. And uh, they go to blows, two plays in a row. They have to be broken up. So then they ask him, what do you think about Fred Warner? Nice, nice, nice brim. Are you okay? Yeah. Okay. So they ask him about Fred, and then right after they ask him about another player, this is what, what really bothered him. But, so the Fred thing, it's a tongue-in-cheek compliment. It's not even a compliment. Fred's Fred. Now I'm playing, which means it's negative. Right? Well, let me – never mind. Yeah, Fred, you know, we all know Fred. Great guy. No, I'm just kidding. Nah, everybody know Fred. Fred is the same guy he just was up here. What are your thoughts on Telenoa Hufunga in the locker He trying. He trying. He'll get there one day. Very arrogant. Tony, you can't, you can't say that. You can't. Bro, he's trying. He's trying. He's not good enough. That's what he was saying. He'll get there one day. Right now, he ain't it. You can't say, what if we have to run him out there as a starter? You were telling every team in the NFL, that's who you target. That's the guy you go after. That's what he just did. He exposed the weakness in the defense to me. Am I, am I, am, tell me, you know no, me, you know my brain. I look into things too much. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't like that clip the way he acted because you saw it with the stupid smirk on his face. And I actually 
kind of caught him almost rolling his eyes a little bit. Come on now. But I, I don't I don't like that. You know that I don't like pressers. I watch pressers for more than the words, it's the body language during the words. Fred's a great guy. Nah, I'm just kidding. What do you mean he's a great guy? Nah, I'm just playing. Fred is a great guy. And he wants the best out of everybody. Fred Warner will go to the podium and say, yes, I'm messing with this guy because I think there's more in him and I want to bring it out of him. Fred is that guy. Fred is a team first guy. I don't think Fred is a me, me, me guy. Look, I'm going to play it one more time. Think, Just think about, hear what I just said and watch this clip one more time. And again, like you said, the body language. Yeah, Fred, you know, we all know Fred. Great guy. No, I'm just kidding. Nah, everybody know Fred. Fred is the same guy he just was up here. He's a great guy. Now I'm just playing. So you're saying he's not a great guy. What are, what are you saying in that moment, bro? He's he, uh, that was I, the devil. I, I I can't even figure it. Like his thought process. He's. I mean, it almost shows like he's like borderline immature. Like he needs to grow up more. Um, and it's kind of shocking coming from a program with Herm Edwards. It, it, in my opinion. I mean, Chris Hansen just said, Mike, you're tripping. It's possibly an inside joke. It could be something, but still you don't. In a situation like that where you know it's broadcasted on like social media, you have beat reporters like doing their job and asking you questions, and now – you're sending a message or a vibe in your response, and it's kind of like you're a bother, or I, I, I don't want to waste my time talking about this, or I'm better than somebody. Well, whatever it could be, but there's a negative vibe from it, and that's what I don't like. And then the part about who fungus. It's, it's, bro, this did not sit well with me. And you guys know I have been the biggest Brandon Ayuk guy out there. I have been pounding the table about this guy for a very, very long time. This really, really bothered me. And I have no idea how Kyle's going to respond to this, if he's going to respond to it at all. Maybe oh, he probably he probably chewed his ass out already. I'll, I'll bet on that. Because believe, believe me, that doesn't go unseen in my opinion i i i think i don't know i just that's zero zero tolerance that type of okay i just wanted to make sure we were on the same page because it was just again this is something that bothered me and i have no problem people saying Mike, you, you, you're digging too much. You're looking into it too much. But I don't know how anyone can deny what we just saw. I just yeah, I, don't, I, don't. I don't know how anyone can deny it. So which side are you on? Now, I told you guys I went back and forth. I went from angry to, you know what? This guy wants to play against top-notch defenses. And he wants, he wants to be, He wants to go out there and win games. He wants to play meaningful football. And right now it's not meaningful. And I understand to a point – but sometimes you got to just keep your mouth shut, bite your tongue, and do your job. Go through the media, do your interview, and answer questions for you show me 
three clips for 30 seconds. That's 90 seconds. It's a minute and 30 seconds. You can't do that making $10 million a year. I, I don't even care. I don't. You're right. Just, I don't care how much money I'm just know. saying. I'm just saying. Like, Let me ask you this question. Let's put our big boy pants on because there are people that look up to you. Yes. And there are kids that look up to you. And there are kids saying, yeah, okay, are you guys? Could you sign this? And then you go out and throw your teammate out like that. Even though I think I kept seeing a smirk. So I don't know if it's. I don't. It's too hard. To, I don't know. The smirk can be taken two ways. It is. It's a joke, or, or it's arrogant. yeah. I I just don't know. I I would have much rather him say, "These Viking guys are weak." You know, I I like our competition better. I'd rather be going up against Javarius Ward, but to single, how many? Let me ask you this question. Just roughly. I know you don't know the answer. Roughly, how many players? Have been asked about Hufunga. Just I, I don't care what the number. Just give just give me a number. I think I, off the top of my head, I think I'll say three. I think Jimmy Ward was. I think Bosa and Warner were. I think. How many of them said something negative about him? None. That's my point. You're not supposed to say negative things. I understand that, but I just kind of think. It's a maturity thing. He was joking in his head, but doesn't know how to properly send his point across in the way that he's trying to in his head. So that tells me there's immaturity issues. Mm. Or, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to take it, but. And we, we did this deep dive with Debo. Remember the, they get to play with me. Yeah, and the, you know we did this, so this is not me. Just that was clearly joking, though. Remember when you went back and listened to it, and you even said it. Yeah, yeah I hear. It. Yeah, I hear. You, you pointed out, Mike. You put on a voice and everything, and that. And I was like, you know what? I think you're right. Right. So yeah. I'm not. I'm not picking on Ayuk. If I hear something, I go at it. But this was just different, man. This is different. I don't know. I don't know. But it is what it is. You guys call it how you want. You guys have seen the clips. If you haven't, go back and watch the full presser. Uh, I will say this: his demeanor was pretty was the same throughout. Uh, another another presser that I'm not going to play any clips of was Debo today. That was another one that bothered me a little bit. But I felt like I've been picking on Debo too much. I'm going to let it go. Uh, but the first thing he said at the podium was, "Debo's tired." You guys got. A minute and a half, two minutes tops. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. Now, I have no problem with you saying you're tired. He referred to himself in the third person, bro. Yeah. What are you doing? I That's a pet peeve for me. I don't like when people in general do that. You guys have never heard me come on here and say, Mike thinks da-da-da-da-da. They're my, me. I think that. Like, what, why am, why, what, who, what are you doing, man? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to let it go. Tony. Before I bring uh, before I bring Smitty in here, was there anything else that you wanted to go over? Um, whoops. I don't know. I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, there's a lot of positive coming out. There's some negative, but again, it's other people's point of views. 
not my point of view, your point of view. It's not us watching it live. It's hearsay. Um, I do think this team is ready to go as far as, you know, play their game. But, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. I knew it. I said this on Patreon early. I said they're going to kill me for two days in a row wearing blue. I knew, I, I, th- I knew it was coming eventually. I, I'm surprised it took this long. We were at an hour and 50 minutes almost. It, ju- it just came out, man. I, I knew it was going to happen, but I put on the 49ers glasses, guys. I really did. So, Yes, he did. All right. Uh, I, I got nothing else, man. We're going to talk some fantasy football right after this um, on the same show. Don't leave, guys. Don't leave. Uh, Tony, man, uh, thank you, man. Thanks for jumping in here, man. Do you have any – I'm not going to put the final thoughts banner up because people see that and they leave. But do you have anything else that you want to leave us with? They said bring Nick back. I never, I never sent Nick away. I can't say that enough. I, I can't say it enough. Tony, where's Nick? He's working. He's busy working. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm sure he appreciates the concern. Reach out to him, but I mean, like you know, he tells us he's working two jobs, working crazy hours. You know, in this day and age with the cost of living flying through the roof, you have to work. I mean, I'm sure you guys notice I haven't been on as much as I used to because I'm working two jobs. Mike works crazy hours. We're, it's, you know, it's you got to survive. So yeah. Yeah. it is what it is. They said Nick is in the doghouse. <laughs> ain't no doghouse. He's just busy working. Yeah. Oh, God. That's not you guys true. are crazy, man. Look at this shit. <laughs> Free Nick. Nick's nowhere to be freed. He's at work. Brian's often in the chat. Uh, Brian Brian said that he had to step away. He got tired of arguing. So, uh, and look, I get it. Like I said, this isn't this isn't for everybody. This isn't for everybody. So, uh, you know, Chris says he misses the the Mike and Nick arguments. Yeah, it was it was a, a staple of the show for a long time, man. It was a staple for of the show. You know what I mean? So, but look, man, I, guys, I. I can't make someone come back. I I don't know. Oh, Tony just oh there he is. I was gonna say Tony dropped out there he is. He came back though. Uh, you know, but we just we gotta do what? Yeah. Remember Nick did that. Nick's gotta come back. He's got <laughs> he's gotta come back, man. He's gotta take a day off of work. He's got it, man. He's gotta come back on the show. <laughs> I just got what you did. <laughs> He's got to, he's got to get back here. Like I don't know. I feel. Oh my God. Where'd he go? Callie just wrote. Oh, here it is, right there. He said he reached out to Nick. He's fine. So that, and that, hey guys, that's well, it, there's man. no issues. He's just working. Let the guy work. He's got to make money. He's got to provide for his family. Yeah, for himself. Like you know, free Nick from your doghouse. I <laughs> I was gonna say I don't have a doghouse, but I, no, I don't. I, I burned my doghouse actually. Once we got rid of once we got rid of Niner, we got rid of the doghouse. So yeah, man. That's it, man. All right, Tony, man. I'm gonna let you go. Thanks for jumping in here, man. Again, tell Kim I said happy birthday. Yeah, um, no hopefully little man is all right. I know you said that he was a little uh you know like uh he mushy. Hold me, yeah, yeah. When my kids get like that when when my kids get like that, it's usually the start of them not feeling well. So hopefully he's all right. Uh I'll be uh putting some positive vibes and prayers up there for him. So uh, hopefully, hopefully everything is okay, man. So it's I appreciate right. you jumping in here, man. You be safe, all right? Yeah, no doubt. Thanks. Trust me, I said what's up. All right, I got you. All right, buddy.
Time for my guy Smitty to come in here, man. My guy Smitty, man. Fantasy football talk. What's going on, big dog? Not much, man. It's uh, Trey Lance season. Real excited about that. Been pumping up everybody for since before the draft. You know, this has been this has been the guy. The Niners need to draft him. He can make Shanahan. He can take Shanahan to a whole nother level. Shanahan's got deficiencies and and reasons why he can't take that next step moving forward. Takes his foot off the gas. Doesn't make some of the right play calls. Doesn't make some of the right decisions. But his scheme's amazing. He's a genius. But yet he holds himself back. And here you have this quarterback that can literally fill every void imaginable and mm. make Shanahan this perfect person. They both complement each other. They're, it's a match made in heaven, and it's about ready to, to explode all over the field, Mike, in 2022. So get ready. I'm with you, man. And I'll be honest with you, bro. I uh, I did I did one draft so far. Just the one, right? And uh, I had an opportunity to draft the 49ers wide receiver. You want to guess which receiver I drafted first? Uh, All of them were there. You're saying? Are you telling me you drafted Ayuk ahead of Debo? I did. Oh, my, I did. Was that a mistake? Yeah, I mean, because Mike, it's all about value. You know what I mean? Like you could you could see a stock, right? Let's say Apple stock is going for three hundred a share, and you uh-huh. know, like I come to you and I say, Mike, it's gonna a hundred percent, almost ninety nine point nine 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 percent sure. I'm from the future. It's going to be $500. You can't just go buy it for 400. Like you right. got to buy it for the three. You know what I mean? I yeah. got a seventh round ADP. Debo's got a top 15 overall ADP. So they're, they're miles apart. Where did you take Ayuk? What round? Uh, Fifth. Okay. Well, D- I mean, how'd you take him ahead of Debo when Debo's going in the top 15? Well, Debo was still, all right. So Debo was still there and he had not yet signed his contract extension. So I think there was some apprehension amongst other people that was in this draft with me That's crazy. about his future, you know? That's and you got to remember what the rumors were at the time. I don't want to be there. Where is he yeah, going to go? But, I mean, I, I mock draft almost on a nightly basis, and that's crazy. Like, he, he was going at 18, to tw- 18, 19 overall when there was doubt, and then he climbed to about 15, 14 overall without the doubt. So I don't know. Like, I I, I mean, I, I'm sure you I, – I, I believe you. I'm just saying I don't know who – who should I tell you? Should I tell you what my team is? Yeah, tell Would me what you feel better. Let's go. All right. So this is what I got so far. Is my is my laptop a touchscreen? Hold on. Let me see something here. It's not. Why does Why does it keep doing that? I feel like <laughs> I, maybe I gotta figure that out. <laughs> well, it's it's a new laptop. My last oh, one no, was no. touchscreen, but then like I, every time I pick up my phone, I have my phone sitting up against the screen. It's like, are you sure you want to leave this page? Like, no, don't end my show. No, I don't. I don't want to do that. That's All right. Weird. Uh, so. Let me figure out. Was this a Yahoo league or was this an NFL league? Let me go. Let me open up NFL. Yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing: while you're trying to find that, Ayuk is is got a lot of upside, and I might I might ruffle a little a few feathers tonight when we start talking about Danny Gray. But but Ayuk's got upside, but Ayuk has still not gotten to that level yet. Like Ayuk's supposed to get there, um, right? And Ayuk is is he definitely had a good rookie year. He had a kind of a shaky second year. He's coming in expected to be the guy. But I'm here to tell you, Danny Gray's going to put up a fight at some point. I don't know if Shanahan is going to fully commit to using him right out of the gate. He should. He should put him on the field as the third wide receiver option because the guy's a playmaker. And if Danny Gray's on the field, let me tell you something. I said this on the quad box. I said this in, uh, to Raj and Vlad and C-Mac before that preseason game. 
I said, Danny Gray's the kind of guy that can catch two balls and have 90 yards and a touchdown. What did the dude do? He went out and caught two passes for 99 yards and, and a touchdown. And a touchdown but, yeah. but that's that's the kind of production you can get out of him. I call him wide open Danny. Um, you know, I had two nicknames for some of these guys, King of the NFC, Trey, King of the NFC. That's getting spread around all over, mostly by Niner by nature. He goes into every yeah, he does. show and, drop, sure and drops that. Um, but why uh, always open Danny literally is going to be the the yards per catch leader on the team because he the guy just catches you've already, we've already seen it practice the the preseason game and he's so capable off two catches i'm not saying he'll only get two catches but the games where he gets six seven catches he's gonna have 100 he will have at least 240 plus yard games in 2022 danny gray Ooh, okay now these these are my receivers I don't remember exactly when I drafted him, but I got Brandon Cooks. I have Deontay Johnson. I have who's in my who's in my slot? I know that's Dalvin Cook. I have uh, Brandon Ayuk. I have Marquez Valdez Scantling, and then the last receiver I took was Dalbs Romeo Dalbs from the Packers. Okay, and I'll be honest with you. The first receiver I took was Brandon Cooks. Uh, the round before I got Ayuk. So round four. Yes. Because okay. I just don't know who else is over there in Houston. They got to yeah. run that off through somebody, right? Like I. So I just didn't. Who were your first three picks? Uh, let me see. There's a way for me to see that, right? Yeah, but you, you tell me your names, so I'll tell you who they were. I can I can I can All right, I got yours. Dak Prescott, okay, Joe Mixon, he was Aaron here. Jones. Okay. Mixon was your first pick, Aaron Jones was your second pick. Okay. Uh I have Mark Andrews. That was your third pick. I have Dalvin Cook. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Dalvin yeah. Cook was your first pick. Mixon was your second pick. Okay. Right. So you, you did pretty good. How many t- is it ten team? Uh yes, it's a ten team. Like okay. I mean, you did pretty I good. Have. You did pretty good. I, I don't yeah. think you did bad. I mean, Dak's a good quarterback. Cook and – I mean, you got to cuff him to Madison. Make sure Alexander Madison is, isn't out there on waivers. You have to you have to cuff these two guys together. He's got that – that the ball and socket with your with your labrum. Mm-hmm. So here, here's your, your socket. Here's the, the ball. This labrum, the seal that goes around there, he's ripped that. So his ball and socket comes out like it's it's you know like as easy as this, bro. He gets hit, so I, boom, he's he's down. I got to handcuff him. I got to handcuff him. Okay, yeah, go get that handcuff. You know, lock it down. My bench ain't bad. Trey Lance, Russell Wilson, Cordell Patterson, Devin Singletary, Brandon Ayuk, Dalbs, and Scantling. I don't have a kicker yet. Yeah, don't worry about that. But uh, yeah, I mean, not bad, not bad. I, I can tell you the the win a league players though like you walk out of round two with Javante Williams and you're winning you're on your way to winning your league, you walk out with Joe Burrow in round six, sometimes round seven he falls you're you're on your way to winning a league, Brees Hall in round four is just near as good and then these are the three league winners these you get these three guys on one team and you can do it with ease, you're on your wow. way bro. You're okay. on your way. Jamar I, Chase in round one, Joe Burrow round six, or if you get JJ in round one, um, I'm, I'm a big advocate in PPR taking JJ and Jamar Chase before I take any other running back that's not named Jonathan Taylor. I'll, I'll literally draft JJ and Chase at two and three. If if I told you I wanted to acquire Travis Kelsey, now I know I have Mark Andrews already, but if I wanted to acquire Travis Kelsey, what trade 
player for player straight up would get that done. Well, you don't want to do that unless you're trading Andrews away too, because if you only start one tight end, that's that's definitely a rookie move to have the double tight end. You know, people say, Oh, I'll use him as my flex, like said nobody that ever ever won a championship. Yeah, no, this flex is only wide receiver and running back. So yeah, I so, can't, I can't so you, if I want. you can only do an Andrews and Kelsey swap and give up something. Like you don't want to be going and acquiring you got you already got a top two or three, top two or four tight end in Andrews. Some would say the number two. And Kelsey's the number one, so you right. could swap them out, but it would, you know, you're gonna have to give up a player, and unfortunately, it would cost you like an Iuke or someone like that to do it. So I don't think you're gonna want to end up making that move. So is there a way that? All right, you heard my roster. Where's the deficiency? Where's the biggest? Oh, it's it's tough to find a deficiency in a ten man league. I understand that, right? But yeah, your wide, the- wide receivers. I mean, so I I, I like Cooks. He doesn't feel like a rock solid number one. He's like a, a underrated guy every year. Like even I a bit, I underrate him every year. He comes out, delivers. Houston, I love Davis Mills, so I think Davis Mills will feed him if he's healthy. I don't know what it is. Some of it's about the the concussions he's had over the years. He's one hit away from, you know, from being out of the game for for the whole year, but right. he's avoided that for for multiple years now. So it's like, at what point do you say, hey? You know, like Frank Gore, one of the most injury-prone players in the history of, of the NFL, all of a sudden one day woke up and never got hurt ever again. It was right. like ankle, foot, shoulder, knees, uh, hip, like everything. He injured everything. He's, he was double ACLs. Like this guy was the the a walking injury, and then one day woke up and his – I don't know if he, his body turned to steel or what. So like Cook, same thing, like one injury in, in concussions – I know a lot about medical. They call me the the best deep fake doctor on in the fantasy football and NFL space because I am no doctor, but but I I've been looking at this stuff for twenty straight years from a professional angle, you know, and, right. and I've seen it all. And I think that what makes my medical take on stuff valuable is that it's not just that I'm learning everything as I go every year, and it's I watch it happen and watch how people recover from and. Year in and year out, when you see a certain age and a player having a certain injury and you kind of get a pattern going, like I can kind of tell you what injuries are going to do you in, what injuries are not going to do you in. Concussions are are tough because when you get a concussion, your odds of having another concussion go up. You know, it's it's like it increases. So if you have – that's why Kurt Warner continued to get concussions. Steve, you know, anybody that had concussions were more susceptible to them the next time they stepped on the field. Yeah. And so Brandon Cooks has been it's been been amazing that he hasn't you know got another concussion because he was he was like on the verge of like one more he's done. Right. So I, I do worry about him, but he's a he's a good player, he's a good second wide receiver. Um I say I say, you know, for you to have that team that that I don't need to see the rest of the rosters, I'm just gonna say, Yeah, you're a top three team. I think you just need one move, one trade, one little trade. Sometimes it doesn't need to happen right away. You can let some players right. gain value. Um, you could use Andrews to try and acquire that wide receiver and then look at the okay. waiver wire. Maybe, a, you know, I doubt it, but maybe like a Goddard or a Dawson Knox is out there. And I'd much rather you have Dawson Knox, Buffalo Bill tight end in your lineup and then trade Andrews for, you know, yeah. a, a Debo, you know, type of player. I know you got Ayuk already, but. Well, so you're you're the, tr- the biggest Trey Lance proponent I know out there, right? Now, I did this based off of, and I don't know if you know, I, I have Lance on my team also. I did this based off of their rapport and their bonding this offseason. Did I read too much into that? 
what acquiring Trey? No, uh, picking up Ayuk over Debo. So I, oh. I I looked at everything that happened this offseason. I look at their friendship off the field. I look at them working together. Every time Lance was somewhere throwing, Ayuk was right there, along with all the other pass catchers except Debo, right? Debo flat out said it. I didn't get a chance to work with him the entire yeah. offseason, but that wasn't my choice. Uh, did I did I look too much into Did I outsmart myself a little taking Ayuk over Debo? Yes, yes, because Debo is a top like like I said, even before we knew his con like his contract wasn't a question from from a from a, a veteran season fantasy yeah. football perspective. No, I knew he was like, I, I wasn't you didn't see any of my content out there going, maybe don't draft him because we're unsure. Like it was he was gonna resign. If he wasn't right. gonna resign. Or, or sign a new deal. He was going to be elsewhere in a better situation. Like it was all, it was all going to be positive. He wasn't going to hold out. Can't afford to hold out. There's no, there was no other alternative. He was a top 18 overall player at the time. Now he's climbed up to a top 14 to 18. He's like, you know, so he's a second round pick. And for him to fall to the, you're saying the fourth or fifth round. I, I don't know how yeah. many grandmas are in this league with you. Now but, let me be honest. Yeah, I, 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 I think there's I'm nine grandmas play. in you. It's not grandmas, but I will say this. All these guys are Northeast guys. Uh huh. So it's a lot of uh, Cowboys, Giants, you know, those kind of Eagles fans in here. Uh, I have won this league three years in a row. And it is almost impossible for me to trade with anyone. When this season starts, I mean, even during the draft, it was in the chat. Guys, this is the year we take Mike down. Three years well, in a row. I've only been in this league for four years. The first yeah. year, I came in second. And every year after that, I've won it. Well, I, wish I play waiver wires like crazy. I don't I, I, don't I wish stop. you would have texted me when you're in the third round and Debo was still on the board. When, when you're in the fourth round and Debo was still on the board. Because I would have said, Debo's- bro, that's a smash at, in, at the end of two. Uh, okay, well, so let, let me put the numbers up again. Let me answer the question. So did you, over, did you all think yourself like – here's where it doesn't matter what ends up happening. What matters is cost of entry value. Um, Ayuk is a seventh round pick. He's a a sixth or a seventh round pick. Now in a 10 team league, he's even further because there's less people. So in a 12 team league, he's a sixth to seventh round pick. That's not me saying he's bad. That's not me saying anything negative. That's his value is his value. Um, the one key to fantasy football, if anybody's watching and they need information on this, the one key is that pre-rank list that you're drafting off of is, is your guide in a lot of ways, not to what to take, but what the blueprint is for everybody else. Because the more you get deep into a draft, the more people don't know what they're doing and they start not, not sure where to go. They look at the pre-rank list and whoever's floating at the top, that's who they're more most comfortable taking. So if you look down and you see Ayuk. All the way down there, and he had to have been because he's a sixth or seventh round pick, and the, the ADP is gonna. You had to scroll all the way down to select him. You didn't need to do that. You wait right. till he floats up to the surface a little, and then you know people are start. They start eyeballing him. So it wasn't that you made a mistake, and even if you're right, you're wrong because you could have still got him and got an additional player and still had the best best of both worlds. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, no, I, I completely understand it, but my logic with this was. I think Ayuk has his best year this year. And I think Debo's best year was last year. I don't think he's ever going to be a 1,400-yard receiver again. I don't think he's ever going to have 14 touchdowns in the season again. Am I – Am I? now that doesn't mean that he won't have 10 touchdowns. It doesn't mean that he won't be a 1,200-yard receiver this year. You know what I'm saying? 
but I, I think that his if he plays less wide back, which I don't think he, I think he's going to play wide back. I think he won't play he's running. Got, back. He's got the incentive in this contract. He's going to go. People confuse the situation all the time, and I've been screaming it for a whole off season. Debo is playing wide back. When everybody said he wasn't going to play wide back anymore, I was sitting there going, "Are you? What are you? What are you looking at?" He doesn't want to play running back. He played wide back, and then he actually re- turned to being running back only because yeah. of the injuries. He was forced to run up the A gap, the B gap. You don't want him yeah. doing that. You want right. him out wide, catching the football at or behind the line of scrimmage and turning immediately into a wide receiver. All you're doing is you're advancing the ball to him immediately and letting him make the decisions of getting it downfield. That's what right. a wide back is. People don't understand the difference. He's going to get all that. But let's just say he gets a little less or whatever. His yardage could only go up. He, he, got, he, got, he, was, he was fifth in the NFL in receiving yards. And he was used a, a far, uh, much less than, let's say, if he plays less wide back, he's going to get more opportunities with a better quarterback. That we got to keep in mind that a lot of the plays are still being dialed up for him. Mm-hmm. So he's going to get X number of plays that are dedicated. It doesn't matter if Iuke and Trey are going camping every other weekend, building bunk beds. It doesn't matter at the end of the day if Shanahan says, we're dialing up X number of plays for Debo Samuel, our playmaker. And I will say, that you cannot trip and fall into what Debo did last year. Like, you can't. And, and so I, I find it really hard, and we've had this discussion before, and I, I respect your opinion, but when we when anybody argues with me that Ayuk is the better pure route runner, I literally, I don't just argue it, I throw my hands up in the air, and I say to myself, what does Debo have to do? Literally delivers, becomes a top five wide receiver in yardage, playing yeah. half time or 60% wide receiver. Number one in the NFL in yards per catch, playing 75% wide receiver, 25%, you know, wide back and running back. Number two in the NFL in yak yards, catching the shortest passes out of anybody in coming up with the most yak yardage. Do you know how improbable it is to be number one in the NFL in yards per catch? while catching nothing but dump off passes. It's right. it's, it's it's an anomaly. And so right. you can't no, and fall into the production. He's a weapon. He's in my opinion the best wide receiver, the best weapon, the best athlete, the best uh, you know, slash type role. Like I think it's unfair when people say he's not the best pure wide receiver on the field when you literally asked him to do something different. He hit it out of the park. Yes, and then you true. judge him on a like. Well, you didn't play fully wide receiver. <laughs> like, what's he supposed to do? Like, he it, okay. it, it's another thing when he hit it out of the park. He hit it out of the park. Yeah, you know, anything you take away from the wide back role, he's gonna then do more uh, as me, a wide receiver role. But he could get hurt because he got overworked playing running back, playing wide back, and playing wide receiver. So if yeah. there is a a concern point for me, it's that he was abused last year. Yeah. Well, I was looking at this. <clears throat> I was I was analyzing Debo as Debo, not comparing him to anybody else. And this is another thing that I thought. Those 300-plus rushing, I think he finished like 328 or something like that, yeah. right? That's 32 fantasy points. If those 328 yards are now receiving yards, we're talking about 13 points. You, understand? you get what I'm saying? So, like, that's another thing that I was looking at as well is, like, is he going to be more of a pass catcher because Trey – likes to throw the ball a little bit more, right? I don't, I don't know if they're going to have to use him that way. I'm sure they will do some sweeps and things like that with Debo, right? Um, but I was looking at the conversion rate also, right? Now, 
six points is six points for a touchdown. But he's never had more than five touchdowns in a season, or maybe six. But five. he was hurt his second year, and he did do well as a rookie and really only had this, you know what I mean? So it's like kind of hard to say he's not catching touchdowns when you only have a right. rookie season to compare. And then two, two, th- 300 yards from wide back, you're not get if you're playing PPR, you're not getting receptions necessarily if he's running the ball. Ooh, so if he's catching the ball, then it's a PPR point. So you don't even know if it what the stats are going to look like for Debo. Not to mention, like I said, I mean, here's what I'd say, Mike. If 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 Debo can do what he did in a tougher position of catching the ball behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage and doing what he did, leading the league in in yards per catch and number two in yak yards. Does anybody think him running a five-yard slant or a seven-yard slant is going to change anything, or do you think he's just going to have more momentum? And not to mention Trey Lance being on the field spreads the defense out, plain and simple. Less box counts, less people rushing the quarterback. You're spying on where Trey's going to be. Does anybody think that Debo's going to catch a seven-yard slant and be in more congestion than normal? I mean, it's, I just think that if he's healthy, he's he's catching 1,500 yards receiving, pulling in 1,500 yards receiving. If he's injured, Danny Gray's going to the moon. All right, so we're going to do this live on the air. If I want to propose a trade right now to acquire Debo, what what's my package here? Is it Mark Andrews and... Ayuk? No, uh, no, no. I, I wouldn't necessarily give up both of them. I mean, Andrews by himself could, technically speaking, get you that trade, especially after the fact that the tight. Like, who's the person's tight end? You got to look at that. All right, so let me find. Let me find Debo really. Quick. If he if he's got if the Debo owner has uh, Kelsey, you know what are you gonna? He can't offer him. He doesn't want him. He's got Kittle. See, he, how is he gonna? He can't afford. He can't even. Right. Go, you can't even go after Debo for that. Oh, so you got to look at the other person's team. You know what I mean? He's got a nice team. He's got Lamar Jackson, uh, Taylor, the running back Taylor. He's got Connor, Debo. He's got Pittman, Kittle, Jacobs. Uh, he's got the 49ers defense. He's got uh, his benches, Mac Jones, Harris, uh, Claypool, Waddle, and Thomas, who's on PUP right now. If I'm you, I'm trading Brandon Cooks, who, who I like, but he's got a lot of trade value. I'm trading Brandon Cooks and uh, uh, what running backs do you have? All right. So my running back, let me check off Brandon Cooks. I'm going to do this live. Uh, I've got Aaron Jones. I've got Joe Mixon. I've got Dalvin Dalvin Cook. Cook. I've got Cordell Patterson and Devin Singletary. Um, Yeah, I mean, the fact that the Debo went so late, though, Makes me wonder if that person or the entire league doesn't value him. I, I mean, I would try and get him using Cooks. You have Trey Lance and who? Dak? I have, I, Trey Lance, Dak, and Russell Wilson. And you only start one quarterback? Yeah. So the okay. reason I, I, I do this based off of matchups every week. I shuff, I don't just pick a guy and let him ride the whole so who, time. Who's I, that guy's quarterback that's got Debo? Uh, he's oh, got. Hopefully he's trash. Lamar Jackson. No. And oh, Matt okay. Jones. Yeah, you're not you're not uh there's not much you can do. Lamar Jackson is gonna he's got no receivers this Who's year. Who's his right? running backs? Maybe you can trade Mixon because you've got Cook, Mixon, and um Singletary. No, no, who's your other running back? You have Cook, Mixon, and I have Cook, Mixon, and uh Jones. Jones, Aaron Jones. You you can afford to potentially give up one of the running backs for Debo and something. Who's he got at running back? Let's get creative here. He's got Connor, 
Okay. Taylor and Jacobs. Uh, yeah, this might not this might not be the best trading partner. <laughs> uh, I don't. I just you know I would trade. He you, he's got Kittle. You can't, and that's the problem with ten team leagues is everybody stacks. Yeah. Like you can't really go. Hey, you've got a you know gaping hole. Let me give you this player because everybody's right. Right, um, right. I, I, you know, another option is go after a McLaurin on the cheap. Um, you could go like after it. Jefferson or Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase would be a little cheaper using Mixon, using Aaron Jones. I would draft Jamar Chase over Aaron Jones and over Mixon straight up. So, like, there's a good way to solve your wide really? receiver problem a little bit. Yeah, I mean, JJ is PPR. Yes. Yeah, JJ's arguably the second or third overall player in PPR. Everybody right, so that then. just assumes running backs have to go because the running backs, I mean, you might as well put a blindfold on and just stick your hand in a bucket and pull out a running back, you know, like let's take the best player available. Shall we? This you might know, be, the, this might be the move. All right. So Chase Claypool, he's got Aaron Rodgers. All right. Cl- uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And he's got Javante Williams. Ooh, let's get Javante in this. Cause that he's- wins you a league. Javante wins you a league. And then on the bench, he's got uh, Christian McCaffrey, and he's got James the Robinson. bench, he's got Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. No, he just hasn't set his lineup yet. That's his, that's his number one player. Um, right. And James Robinson. Uh, I don't know, bro. I mean, I would try and get Javante using Mixon or using Aaron Jones. I would do that straight up. Javante so, Chase, my... so I'm asking for Chase. And Williams. Well, I don't think you're pulling that off, but who's his tight end? His tight end is it's Travis Kelsey. Man. Yeah, see, this is too hard. I mean, <laughs> try, try and get Javante straight up for Mixon or Aaron Jones. I'm telling you right now, Javante is going to climb fast. Melvin Gordon was talking to the press, and they asked him about the running back room. He said they want Javante to be the guy, which is putting to bed a lot of the rumors of people freaking out about Melvin Gordon this, Melvin Gordon that, Javante Williams. Mark my words. And and, and my, my famous phrase I always say is things are uncomfortable, Mike, until they happen. They're always right. uncomfortable until they happen. And I'm telling you right now, people made fun of this and that in the past whenever you say bold prediction, this bold prediction, that. Trey Lance, how many people came from my neck on the Trey Lance predictions? Now everybody loves him, Mike. Everybody loves him. Yeah, But, but Javante Williams could be the number one running back in fantasy football 2022. He could finish as the number one running back. This is the JT of 2022. JT last year was taken at 9 to 14 overall because people were petrified of Naheem Hines taking away all of his PPR work, and he went Same. 9 to 14 overall. Now everybody acts like Javon, that JT's this I- obvious choice that they thought of all along last year when really him and, Jay, and, and Javante are very similar and that there's a Melvin Gordon factor, there was a Naheem Hines factor. People's memories are foggy. They say, oh, I wasn't scared of Naheem Hines. Yes, you were. Everybody was, and they shouldn't have been. And just like people right. shouldn't be scared of Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams to the moon, mark it down. If you take okay. anything away from what I'm saying, Javante to the moon, second round value, home run. Brees Hall, fourth round, home run. Joe Burrow wins you a league in round six. Wow. Yeah. I, I propose the trade. I'm going to see what happens there, man. Uh, and and who knows, man? But that, you're giving some good information, man. Uh, what are, what are your thoughts? Who are who are um, some late round guys that you think can really really change your fantasy? Damian Pierce, the running back for the Houston Texans, is an absolute monster. Uh, uh, B Rob, he's, he's probably still available. 
he might be in this league. He might be in this league of grandmas that you're playing in, bro. With with uh, with with Debo going around four or five. He He's just sitting here. Yeah. Who who are your who are your bench players? Uh, let me see here. My bench players are uh, Dalbs, the receiver for the Packers. And who else? Marquez Valdez Scantling, Devin Singletary, Cordell Patterson. Should I drop Patterson for him? I would. I mean, I I like Patterson, so like I, I wouldn't be opposed to keeping him. But like like I'm t- I'm dropping one of those guys for Damian Pierce. But uh, name the top running backs available. All right, should, let's take a look. Let's take you a look. Let's click on running back available. I don't know what app you're on, but yeah, yeah. No, I got it. I got you, bro. All right, so running backs available. Uh, oh wait, I got to take Pierce's name out. Sorry. Uh, Mac is there. Dobbins is there. Gordon, Edmonds, Dylan, Burkhead, Dylan. Hunt. Mostert, McKissick, uh, Hubbard, uh, excuse me, Jamal Williams, to be clear, um, Davis, Ingram, Gainwell, Henderson, Steven, Stevenson for New England. Stevenson uh, is great. Dylan and Stevenson are like, first of all, I drop, pick up Ramondre Stevenson, pick up A.J. Dylan. I would drop in a heartbeat. I'm dropping Cordero Patterson and then, uh, MVS. I don't know if you need M- what your wide receiver depth looks like, but um, who are your uh, your wide receivers? You got MVS. You got um, who else did you say? You're dropping MVS now. Who was Patrick Mahomes throwing the deep ball? To? I mean, it, right now Juju MVS uh, Sky Moore. I mean, take your pick. We don't know. No one knows. So you could drop. Who was your other player? Your other wide receiver? Uh, I have Dobbs. The other, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like him, but drop him and Cordell Patterson. Pick up AJ Dillon and Ramondre Stevenson right now, bro. Wow, don't even I'm... hesitate. Ramondre Stevenson is quite arguably there's some risk involved, but not where you're getting him. Quite arguably, the most underrated middle round running back because this guy could be a hundred yards and a touchdown or two. I mean, he's a very dynamic player, good pass catcher, good pass blocking, like. He's he's a more attractive player than than Damian Harris and Damian Harris, you know, struggling with injuries and such every year. It's Ramondre Stevenson season potentially, and that's a great value. AJ Dillon shouldn't be available. He's like a six round pick. Wow. <laughs> you're like you're cleaning right. up. I, I, I mean, I, I don't even know how you pick up Damian Pierce. I guess you pick up Damian Pierce by dropping by dropping MVS. But then you know, I don't know what wide receivers. Can you, can you list off after you do those two moves? I did them. Okay, now tell me who the wide receivers available are. All right, here we go. Let's see. Uh, Equinemius, St. Brown, uh, Hardman, uh, Davis from Buffalo, Thielen is still available, uh, Peoples-Jones, Marquise Brown. I had to see which Brown that was. All the Browns there? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean. Mooney, Myers. What is going on here, bro? You don't need to make trades. You can just pick up a new life. You could, I could draft a team from these waivers and, and win the league. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> it's a 10 man league. Mooney's bro. arguably like Mooney's a sleeper, but Mooney's like arguably a, a low end wide receiver one. But, it, you know, that's like if all goes well, but he's a home run wide receiver two. Pick up Mooney in a heartbeat. And M- MVS, MVS, see you later. No, MVS is gone already. You told me to drop him for hey, the running back. So uh, who is dead. who's your other name? Your whole team, real quick. Let me hear. I got to hear your worst players. We got to get these guys in there. In All right, you want my, you want my bench? You want me to start? I got Lance yeah, Wilson, who? Uh, Dylan, uh, Lance Wilson, Dylan, 
Cordell Patterson, Devin Singletary, Stevenson, and Brandon Ayuk. Singletary, who's this? Wilson who? Uh, Trey Lance, Russell Wilson. Oh, Russell. AJ, AJ Dillon, Cordell Patterson, Devin Singletary, um, uh, Ramon, Ramon, uh, Andre Stevenson. Stevenson, yeah. And Brandon Ayuk on my bench. That's my it, starters, huh? Deontay Johnson, Brandon Cooks. Uh, I'm saying starters, but that's who yeah, my yeah. starting. I mean, I, I know you don't want to hear this, but quarter like quarterbacks are going to be widely available. It's a 10-team league. You're only starting one, and I know you love this rotation, but you've got Lance and you've got Dak. You don't really need Russell Wilson. I know it's hard to drop him, but well, at the same not. time, it's a 10-team league. Just like that, he's gone. Yeah, so um, you need to pick up Mooney, and I don't know how the heck you're – I mean, you got to pick up Hollywood Brown too. I don't – this is crazy. You think so? Uh, I don't know how you're going to do it, though, at this point. That's what I'm saying. The team is so deep. I don't know yeah. what to do, man. But Mo- Mooney you, looks fire, you think, man. you think Brown's going to be the number one receiver on that team? I mean, I, he, the first six weeks for sure, right? Yeah. Like, I get it. I'm thinking long-term, but do I think short-term starts we don't know. in the moment? We don't know. We don't know short-term but or long-term, but we know short-term. And, right. and, you know, with, with uh, Hopkins being on the PEDs, maybe his body's going to break down because of it. You know, you, you we talk – Raj always talks about this. He thinks Hopkins is washed. And I don't think he's washed. He's still got a lot of time left potentially. But maybe the PEDs are going to mess with his body. You know what I mean? So who knows what's going to happen. And a lot of times when a player holds out, what happens? They get hurt, right, because their they're, their bodies aren't ready to rumble and they get thrown to the wolves. Well, a suspension in a way is a lot like a holdout. You know, you're out of yeah. out of action for six weeks. You throw Hopkins in there, and he's an injury prone guy right now. Yeah. I know, but, but Hopkins is Hopkins is fire until he proves otherwise. But I Mooney Mooney is the number one wide receiver for the Bears. While the Bears have their problems, that's good, right? They're throwing the ball a ton because they're always down and playing from behind. Yeah. Mooney's yeah. Mooney's a superstar. All right. So would you drop? Oh, I can't believe that. Now everybody says pick up St. Brown, but I don't think St. Brown's available. I think he said the other. No, no, no. Let me use St. Brown. Yeah, it's a different St. Brown. Amon Raw St. Brown is unavailable, right? Oh wait, wait, wait. Now I got to see which Brown that was. Because if you said yes, Detroit. Yeah, yeah, Amon. Oh my God! Right. Okay, you don't even need to make a trade, bro. St. Brown needs to be picked up. You said you said the other Brown. Amon Raw St. Brown. Uh, you know, you know who's the number two wide receiver in the NFL from weeks thirteen to eighteen? Amon Ross St. Brown. But who am I? All right, I I could drop Cordell Patterson for him, right? Yes. I'm glad everybody said that in the chat because you said it was Equanimity uh, thing, Brown. Right? I, I you said it was yeah. E Brown. You didn't say it was Amon no. Ross. Mark has a super chat here for you. He says I have Lance, Mahomes, and Rogers, but need a run. Who froze there? Coming back. Are we? Oh, oh sorry, there we go. We're back. I'm sorry. Froze. Okay. Says, Lance, uh, the, super, the super chat on the screen here. Lance Mahomet. Mahomes. <laughs> and Rogers. Uh, need a running back. Which QB should I trade? See, he's in a similar situation as you. You guys are scooping up these quarterbacks, thinking there's like a market for it, and in a ten teamer, and I can tell this is a ten teamer because there's no way you own all three of those quarterbacks right. in, a, in a twelve team. It's probably an eight teamer. But I don't know that anybody's going to be in the business of buying a quarterback, man. That's the problem is there's no trade market value. Like, like Mike could go out and try and sell one of those quarterbacks. No one's buying because everybody's got an Aaron Rodgers, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, if you can trade anybody, you're going to be able to trade Mahomes. 
And if you need a need a, a running back, you could maybe get an ETN using Mahomes, and and they're kind of similar ADP. You could get a Brees Hall, who's ranked below Mahomes, so you should be able to get that. But I would try and potentially throw another player in conjunction with Mahomes and get get Javante Williams, and then you 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 start Trey Lance. You put your cojones on the table. You say I don't care. I'm I'm putting in a top five quarterback here in my mind, and and roll yeah. with Lance. Yeah, yeah. Okay, man. This is what I'm talking about. That's why we have you on the show, man. man. Bro, you, about, let me bro. just tell you something. You just won your league. You just won your league. The reason you just won your league is you needed wide receivers. Not not horribly bad, but you needed them. You did touch. I mean, I hope you still get the Javante trade. Like, I still want you to do that trade. Right. But you just, without touching Mixon, Cook, and uh, Aaron Jones, and Aaron you, just, Jones, you just got some of the most underrated wide receivers in fantasy football in Mooney, Amon Ross, St. Brown. You got Brandon Cooks. I mean, that your wide receivers are stacked right now. I don't even know who you should start. And I'm trying to figure out a way for you to get a Hollywood Brown on that team too. But, but man, St. Brown, I, you're, you need to thank your chat too because I I heard you say E. Brown, so I didn't even think – I was going to clarify. I was going to say you said Equus St. Uh, St. Brown. I thought it was that's who I thought it was. I didn't even like, yeah, I, didn't, and I, I was gonna clarify, but I'm like, he he wouldn't even read off his first name if he didn't see it. So I'm like, that's not Amari right. Austin Brown. That's that's absolutely my fault, bro. Wait, so wait, I thought I added, I thought I added Marquise Brown. You didn't because you couldn't, you added, you added Stevenson, you added AJ Dillon. <laughs> he was sitting on waivers, a six round pick. Unbelievable. Uh, I feel great right now. I mean, this is good. See, and this this is what bothers me. You you have me add Steve. All right, so here's the thing. I don't trust Patriot running backs. That's my issue. That's my issue. And so I I hesitate so much because I think it I think remember that guy blue. One game the Patriots had blue. I can't remember what his first name was. He goes off for like 200 yards. The next week it was a different color, it was white. And white goes off for 120 yards, right? And it's like you don't know what Belichick is going to do. Like he doesn't play the same guy over and over. And, and true, true. But at the same time, what, what, who are the best wide receivers on the New England Patriots? No one, no one really knows. Kendrick Bourne. That, I mean, <laughs> I get maybe, may, maybe we don't even know because they don't, they don't have any. Like they're going to run the ball a lot, and. Alfred there's Lee, a chance. Okay, there's a chance that 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 uh, uh, Ramondre Stevenson doesn't ever become the guy or whatever. Sure, and that's why he just cost you a free agent, free agent move. Like you, you picked him up off waivers. So, and he shouldn't have, but I mean, you did. So there's no risk here. You just kind of sit back and wait. You're not starting him over any of your three running backs anyway. This is trade bait for you. This is you right. being able to take Brandon Cooks in a starting Ramondre Stevenson. If it works out, if it doesn't, you drop someone, you drop him and pick up someone else. But you now have the potential to upgrade something really massively. Would you take Hollywood Brown over Brandon Ayuk? Um, no. Uh, yeah, maybe. Pro- probably, probably. But at Do the I just same time, eyes on him or. Yeah, just keep your eyes on him. I know everyone here is going to think differently because you guys have blinders on for it. And I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It's 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 a loyal, loyal thing. But like, you're drafting Hollywood Brown in like the sixth round. You're drafting Ayuk in the seventh. So it's not like they're that Got far it. apart. And Ayuk could easily climb into like fifth round value retrospectively. You don't want to ever pay for that, but like 
in hindsight, we could be like, oh God, he was a steal. He was worth a fifth rounder, you know? So I, you know what? Stick with your loyalty with Ayuk. Monitor uh, Hollywood. Uh, do you have a defense? I'm sure you have the Niners. No, I don't have the Niners. I, I picked up the Colts defense, actually. You don't have a backup defense, right? No, no. Okay. I uh, Defense, in 10-man league, defense and kickers, I, I play the waiver wires. I look for matchups. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'd say is you've got to pick up a kicker at some point, so you got to figure out who you're going to no. cut later. But wait that's, until the last That's second. what I'm looking at. Like, yeah. I'm looking at this, and I'm like, who the freak am I going to like? It'll probably be Brandon Ayuk because I don't think people are hip to – you know what I mean? But that's yeah, going to stop letting him go for a kicker. But he's going to be on the bench. Yeah, He's going to be on the bench, so he's not doing me any good. That's a tough one. Uh, you know, the, the answer could be trading a two-for-one. Open up a spot by trading two guys away for one. I do that okay. a lot. and then you... So, like, an example would be Debo. So, if you get rid of Brandon Cooks and – AJ Dillon, who you just picked up, you know, right. and get you know one player like Debo, so you could trade Cooks and Dillon for Debo, upgrade your wide receivers, then pick up a kicker. I try, I'd send that, I'd send that offer out too. That's the same guy though, right? Uh, it's yeah. the same guy. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. you know, it's up to you whether you want to step on your own trade, let that one kind of get rejected or accepted, and then maybe come back with that one. All right. I'm going to let you know how it goes, man. I, this is exciting, man. I, I like this kind of stuff, man. I like yeah. you know, an outside perspective because I, I just, you know, I do this based off of my gut. And then the worst part was the draft was happening and I'm sitting around. Um, <clears throat> the draft started and I was driving. It's like, oh, my God. And, like, I can't watch who was picked where or whatever. You know what I mean? Just yeah, I'm, I got the audio one. I'm waiting for the doom, 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 whatever the noise is that – you know, NFL yeah. does when you're on the clock. You're on the clock now. And I was like, oh shit, let me just see. The so, one thing the one thing I want you to keep an eye on, just because I don't want to guide you in the wrong direction because we're talking about splitting hairs, is the Dak versus Russell Wilson. So like maybe just keep an eye on Russell Wilson. If you get a little bit antsy about you know Russ being a little bit better than Dak this year, because they're really close. I mean, Russell Wilson could be a top five quarterback, but so could Dak. And Dak's right. got a, a pretty high-powered offense, whether Niner fans want to admit that or not. They're always in the top five or six in production, not not in wins and you know going the distance or anything. We're not talking about that. But from a fantasy perspective, Dak's going to ball out. Uh, but so could Russell Wilson. So like, if you feel at all like I, I'd totally be okay, I'd Smitty approve any kind of swap in that department. But you're starting Lance anyway. Uh, no. No, no, I was I wasn't planning on I was gonna let Lance get his first four games under his legs first. I mean, I could see that. I could see that. I could put Dak out, but yeah, man. I, I think you got you got a good squad there. And you may have made some moves where you don't have to do a single thing. I mean, St. Brown, um, if you look at last year's stats, he was the number two wide receiver in weeks 13 through 18. And even if you like look at any one individual week, you the first thing you think of is okay, he must have had a big week, thir- 13 in a week 15 or something like that. If you look at every single week individually, he was in the oh, top five. He was it in the top me, five. Yeah. Let me see. Hold on. Just look at his game log, bro. He was like 10 targets, 12 targets, 10 targets, 10 targets. And I know that there were some injuries, but he this guy's this guy's dad was Mr. Universe in 1981 and 1982. And, and his dad talks all the time about how the Hard Knocks episodes are great about how nobody trains properly. Amon Rob St. Brown trains like a machine. His dad, Mr. Universe, trains him. Holy smokes. Look at those we numbers, 13, bro. 12 targets, 14, yeah. 12 targets, 15, 11 targets, 16, 11 targets, 
17, Bro. 11 targets, 18, 10 targets. Oh my God. He was literally he was literally the second best receiver only behind Cooper Cup in the last six games of the season. And again, oh. it was it wasn't one or two games. It was every week he was top five for the entire yeah. stretch. 24, 15, 23, 26, 35, 26. That's that was that stretch. He won. He won championships for people, and, and he sat there on waivers until right now. It's disrespect is insane. And he got uh, a touchdown in every game except one. You rectified it. You rectified it. Wow, that's why yeah. we bring you. Hey, on. I mean, you, you know, you you owe thanks to me, but you also thanks to your chat because I assumed you were reading that name correct, and your chat yeah. was like pick up St. Brown, and I'm thinking to the chat like he said he didn't say I'm on Raw St. Brown, right. And then that you know, so they they helped also you know because bam once 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 you said that I'm like holy crap are you there's no yeah. way he's available this this guy this, this episode will be turned into a podcast man I want you to plug yourself let people know where to find you on all your different social medias and things like that uh, I know you keep everything basically under the same name but let people know where to find you because we're gonna wrap this thing up here it's uh, it's almost one o'clock and I yeah um I mean so on YouTube that's my bread and butter so you know YouTube.com slash the fantasy football show or you can type in the don't forget the 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 fantasy football show but everything all my links to everything podcast social media like i'm one of the only uh spotify video shows on spotify that's sports or even fantasy football um they brought me in early early adopter in like october so i've been running a daily i have 251 video shows on spotify this year alone wow so every day every day i've got a video show so if you're one of those people that can't really listen to youtube in your pocket and you want to you know you want to watch or listen to the show it's on spotify the fantasy football show but everything's at smitty1.com so if you there go to smitty1.com it's got all my links smitty1.com guys don't be the last person to get there man as you guys can see my man has a wealth of knowledge here uh and not just knowledge right there's there's logic behind it you know what i'm saying like it's one thing to say this guy's gonna be good but when you can talk to someone who can explain the why yeah and and, I, and and just and the biggest Trey Lance, you know, supporter you'll find. And, and, and like I said, things are always uncomfortable till they happen. And, and the one thing I want to leave you with is that Danny Gray, um, I get a lot of heat from Raj and the boys on the quad box, RSF 49ers. And we do our quad box show. We need to have you on more. We, we, we tend to have an open spot whenever we do it. Cause either Vlad or C-Max asleep. Cause we do it late. Raj and I, and we're West coast. Uh, so come, come on at IG anytime. But we, right. we talk a lot about the wide receiver room, and 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 I'm a little bit more optimistic on Danny Gray as a rookie than these guys are, and so they give me a lot of heat for it. But, you know, my job isn't to talk about the obvious what's in front. You know, that's why the Trey Lance conversations were uncomfortable for a lot of people when I was saying in March that he is going to be – and I, let me see if I can show you the board here. Let me switch my camera uh, right. to – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go full subside. Yeah, let's see. I think it's this camera right here. So see my board right there? Look at the left. I don't know if you can you can see it clear enough. But on the left, March 3rd, I have the date at the top. I have Trey Lance written in with a question mark as the no, number yeah. five quarterback in March. Yeah. When did the yep. draft happen? April. This guy has the potential to be that top five kind of quarterback. and And so very uncomfortable stuff for people. Uh, a lot of people aren't. Uh, um, oops, I got the wrong camera. There. A lot of people aren't. Uh, they don't like to hear something until it happens, and that's not right. my, my nature or my style. My style is to try and go ahead of the curve, see what's coming up, and sometimes I'm wrong, sometimes mm -hmm. I'm right. I'm not saying I'm a. I'm always accurate uh, on everything that I always do, but like 
I wouldn't be doing this 20 years if I was missing everything left and right and throwing mud at the wall. But when you're ahead of the curve looking around it, it's uncomfortable until everybody catches up and sees what you're seeing. And so when you say things like Lance is going to be a top five to seven quarterback before the guy's ever taken a snap, people get upset. They're like, you can't say that. I'm like, yes, I can. And I just did. And I'll continue to say it. Like, right. that's, that's, right. that's what I'm here to do. I'm not here to talk about what's in front of me. I'm here to talk about what's down the road. So it's coming down the road. Danny yeah. Gray is down the road. I'm just going to leave you with that. I, but there's some bold Whoa. stuff coming out on the quad box. Just tune in and you'll see me talking them up. Could be the number two wide receiver at the end of the year. Wow. I'm going to be a little messy. I'm going to take a page out of my guy, Brandon Marshall's book. He, he likes to be a little messy. He called the tea time. I'm just going to be messy here. Have you ever heard of this guy named Joe, the football counselor? Oh, James, the football counselor. Yeah. <laughs> I need yeah. to get your opinion on him. Yeah, I said I'm going to be messy. I want to get your opinion on this guy. Um, So there's a little history between him and I. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So he, he, we got, you know, right when I got onto Instagram, um, and this was like 2019, we, we invited him in our league and, you know, he, he started blocking everybody on IG. We're playing in like a fall, like an expert league. Okay. And, and it was all about sharing each other's. Let, let's, let me just put it this way. He's challenged anybody in the entire industry to a charity boxing match yeah he says he'll fight matthew barry he says he'll fight you know Le'Veon bell he tries to he picks on all the players all the time and i've gone out and said and i've made videos i've raised my hand everybody's told him smitty said it i'll box him any day anytime for charity and the guy the guy won't do it he won't do it he won't answer he just he'll Uh block anybody that that brings it up yeah. And I even said, I went so far as to put on Instagram, this goes out to Matthew Berry. It goes out to all the individuals that he targets and calls the Conchitius or whatever. Yep. I said, I'm giving you a free Smitty Wool box for you card. I'll be your proxy. I'll be your champion like in Game of Thrones when 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 the, that one guy, what's his name? Tyrion? Tyrion, yeah. Fight to the death and the guy goes, I'll be your champion. I've offered that card to any analyst that doesn't want to box him. He comes knocking and says, I'll box you. You can present this card. Smitty will, will box you. He won't do it. He won't do it. So, he, I mean, he runs his mouth a lot. I, I used to like him. Like, he, he's a likable guy from a, 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 like a, from a distance. Yeah. But then, like, you know, he starts running his mouth and, and, and tearing everybody down. So, I'm like, you want to box for charity? I'll box for charity any day of the week. Right. And he, he won't. So, he won't do it. Okay. What, what, what's your run in with him? Oh, man. So, uh, Two two years ago, maybe three, uh, he hit up Nick. Oh, I'm putting together this network, this fan to fan network or something like that. He called it, and uh, we're gonna feature every team, and we want you guys to be the 49ers representatives and things like that. And it was just, it, he was nasty. It was he, it, we 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 try to conduct ourselves here not so much professionally, right? Like our opinions are our opinions, but when you start going to certain antics. For clicks and views, I just was uncomfortable with it. I was like, Nick, look, if you want to keep doing that, bro, go for it. But I'm out. I'm I'm not doing this. This is not how I want our brand represented. Uh, and it sucks because he's got a lot of good content creators, or he had. I don't know if they're still there. I, I stopped watching, but he had a lot of good content creators over there. But this guy, like, it for you to be the face of this network that you're creating, and those are your antics, it it's not good. He's cursing people out. He's calling people out of their names and stuff like that. And I felt like 
that was just a little bit too far. For yeah, me, he goes know. after players. He he was saying Eckler's garbage. Eckler's horrible. Eckler's not a running back. He's going to get hurt. Right? Eckler came out and bowled and just right. shoved it right in his face. And then he, you know, he tried to take it back. He says Cooper Cup's awful. Stay away from Cooper Cup. Like, but like it's, look, it's look thing, I mean, it's one thing to have an opinion. You don't disrespect people. There's a big yeah. difference, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I can sit here and say I don't think Debo is the number one wide receiver on the 49ers. I think it's Ayuk, right? But right. that doesn't mean that I think Debo was. Tra- it doesn't mean I'm. Ca- I'm not calling him out of his name. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like and me, like, like me with with, with, uh, with Jimmy G. Like Jimmy G. I I don't think Jimmy G's, you know, what he used to be at all. And I'm I don't I don't mince words. I I tell it out. But I think he's an amazing person from what I gather. Great locker right. room guy. Uh, help the culture. I get all that, and I give him his flowers. And I even told Raj when he's running on the sideline, I had a little bit of like, "Oh man, I feel bad for him." And and yeah. you know, I, I wish him well and all that, but it doesn't mean I want him to be the starter. But yeah, this guy goes around like trying to intimidate people. But and the worst he, part is, you know, trying to challenge like people that can't box him to box. Like no player can in the middle of a season come box him. You know, like right. so he just gets away with yelling at people and stuff. I don't know. That, like that's not the worst part. The worst part is he celebrates. When players laugh yes. back out on the social media and he like broadcasted, oh, this guy responded to me. Look, look, look. He was like, Do you see? He's calling you an idiot. That's you, you don't want that out there. Like, I, he, I don't he know. also celebrates injury. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's disgusting. You know, like, I, like, I, I, look, I'm going to be honest here. If, if, uh, you know, Rashad Penny went down tomorrow. I, I I would probably look like I'm celebrating it, but I'm not. I'm not celebrating injury. I'm more like, okay, Kenneth Walker season, who's obviously got to heal up from his his hernia. But right. like, but there's a way of doing it. I'm not specifically saying, oh, I'm glad Penny got hurt. I'm more celebrating the opportunity for another player. And and so yeah, he, coming out and like like wishing injury, celebrating injury, showing it, you know, in a way and making fun of it is, is disrespectful. Yeah. Uh, do I? I- uh, did you play for, first in the DraftKings weekly? Uh, I'm I'm an underdog guy, so I haven't uh, done any DraftKings lately. But maybe that'll be here. hey, I got a I got a new one. <clears throat> I got a new one that uh is actually there. We're, we're working with them. We're gonna start pumping them up soon. I'm trying to wait for the regular season to get there. Uh, but I, have you ever heard of these guys here? Prize picks? Yeah, I, I've done uh, done work with them before. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean. You guys will uh, have fun with their their prop stuff, and you know, especially Niner related. Run that out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm gonna give them a shot this year, see how they are. Now, obviously, I can't do it. I'm here on the East Coast, uh, Pennsylvania and Jersey. You can't do it, but you got to be in California. But uh, I got my buddy Zach from 49ers Hive. He's gonna he's gonna make the uh, picks and everything for me. You know, the uh, higher or lower picks and things like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna work that into our show soon. Uh, but they they seem like good guys. I'm gonna give them a shot. So. Um, I, I never really I couldn't do underdog. Uh it was just like I, I signed up, they took the money, and then after they took the money, it was like, Oh, you can't bet in your state. And I was like, Oh, well then give me my money back. Like just just send the check back. I don't know. It was it was kind of annoying. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough right now in state to state, you know, what what the what everybody allows. They just opened up I could do best ball, but I couldn't do pick 'em in Arizona for the longest time. Today right. a couple weeks ago they opened up pick 'em. So I'll be doing all kinds of pick 'em well, advice this year. You're right. That's what it was with underdog. It was certain yeah. parts of it I could do and yeah. certain parts I couldn't. And that's what I really got annoyed about. Because I, I look at the page and I got all excited about all the different things. I'm like, oh, I could do this. And then it was like, nah, you can't do that. So I was like, yeah. nah, never mind. I think I was I was stuck to best ball or something like that. It was the only thing I could do over there. And I just wasn't happy about it. I wish I knew that before I made my deposit. So that's all. 
So, yeah. All right, man, that's going to do it for us tonight, guys. We hope you guys enjoyed the show. We had Tony on. We talked 49ers. Uh, we had Smitty come in here and give us a ton of fantasy football um, and in a short time, too. Smitty hasn't even been on for 30 minutes. And, I mean, I felt like we got so much information. If you guys are in a 10-man league, he's going to tell you how to get right. So make sure you guys are over there. Smitty1.com is the place to be. You're going to find all the information you need. If you're an Instagram person, Twitter person, whatever it is, it's all linked over there. So make sure you guys head on over to Smitty1.com. That's going to do it for us here tonight. We want to thank you all for rocking out with us. Man, you guys have been incredible. I can't believe you guys are also still up. Maybe mostly because of you guys are all on the West Coast. But whatever it is, thank you guys. And for the people on the rewatch, make sure you guys go check out my man Smitty, man. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight, man. You guys stay good. Stay well. Prepare for glory. Anticipate pain. But always remain faithful. We're out of here. One. No breaks, pumped up, no fakes We spinning, we winning, we high stakes We never miss, we all makes Look at us dudes trying to prove Bringing you news with nothing to lose Mike, Nick, Tony, Wayne Method man, we bring the pain hey. See, I'ma confess it We under the pressure If you looking to find us them nothing but niners. We 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 nothing but niners.